Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, uh, and I'm joined uh, a fresh, certified fresh panel. Rotten Tomatoes rated. Uh, it's, a, it's a new kind of put together panel on the basis that no one else could be bothered, to be honest. So, no one turned in. Send a season. No one really wants to. I'm joking, of course. No one. That is the lack of experience. You should jump in. Normally, I would be stopped by now, but people are. This is why yeah. people don't listen to the podcast, frankly. Uh, no. Um, welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic. I am joined by uh, Dermot Coyle. Cheers for having us. As always, uh, the 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 ebb and the ebb to my flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got da- Daniel McGowan has been on the Cynical podcast previously. Right, yeah. Um, uh, this is your first time on the sort of regular podcast. It's terrific to have you, Daniel. You're also writing for the Cynical. Uh, I'm writing for Cynical. Yeah, we'll just get- published this weekend. Terrific stuff. We'll get to that in just a moment. And I've got Alan Edgar. You've been you've been on this season. Good evening. Yes, I was on earlier this season. Earlier in the season. Late last year, I think. Late last year, of course. Fresh memory. Fresh what memory. A fun childhood memory. It is. It's uh, everything about this is fresh. Everything. I feel. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm positive. I'm excited. We've got the Scottish Cup final coming up. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, but just on the mention of the cynical, uh, Dan. So the cynical is our quarterly. Um, what, magazine, it's quarterly magazine. Um, I'm looking at you as if I don't know. <laughs> um, it was my. It was my idea. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah. Oh, good. Well done. Yeah, I actually stole it from him um, when we did one for the Bundesliga. But still, um, the fact is, the the no Christian Wolf does a terrific job. He's the editor in chief of the Cynical. Um, all the writers are terrific. You're one of the writers. Can you tell us a little bit about your article that was in the Cynical? Yeah, so uh, I think this is edition seven of the Cynical, and I think because of the timing that being the end of the 2018 season, um, obviously thoughts came towards the, the 20th anniversary of Celtic stopping Rangers doing 10 in a row. Um, I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I'm too young to remember it. That, that only took him a minute to mention that. Yeah, that's, that's quite article. well done. <laughs> well, it's, the, it's the key part of the article. So I kind of, uh, to be honest, uh, this article was it was more down to the people that contributed to it than me. I just did a wee preface. But the point was I wanted to kind of get a feel for people who do remember it, what their experience was like. Um, so we had quite a few people um, give their own account of their day, of what it meant, or of a certain point in the season that they thought was a turning point, just to kind of give us a flavour for people that are too young, because there's a few of us that write for the cynical that are too young to remember it. Yeah, there's no need to rub it in, for fuck's sake. So it just, I mean, it was the key point of the article. Um, so it The just key point is that you're really young and we're all old. to reading this. Yeah. Um, um, he came in and goes, you look younger than you sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, it does. This, this is a theme. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Okay, no more mentions of, of youth or age. Uh, but yeah, so uh, and there's, there's loads of other articles that I'm sure are really good. I've actually not got around to, to reading the other articles yet, um, just because I've been quite busy the last couple of days. But can I, I can I make one point, Daniel? Off to a bad start. Ugh, I know. Not even Typical. me this time. Not even me, Alan. Pretty poor. Pretty poor. No. Too busy downloading apps and things. And all apps and, and uh, Google's. Watching Rick and Morty. Seems to be. A th- I'll watch yeah, that tomorrow. I'm out. No, okay. uh, but no, the cyni- cynical is. Um, if you check our Twitter account at uh, Ninety Minute Cynic, you can get the link for the cynical, and it's it's honestly chock filled of unbelievably great writing. Um, it's lots of different stuff, lots of different topics, not just Celtic, and uh, it's well worth your time. So check out at Ninety Minute Cynic. It's not actually on the website because the website's currently down um, because we've had an issue with the server. But I am currently working through that. And hopefully we'll have up before the weekend. We're going to be posting 
all of the cynical articles separately on the website as well um, over the next kind of week or so. Um, but yeah, so keep out for keep an eye out for the Twitter. It'll tell you when the website's back up and running. And as I say, there's a nice wee video um, of how to download the cynical because it might take a little bit. You know, once you start going through the process, it might take a minute or so to actually kind of download it because um, megabytes megabytes etc but yeah check it out so at 90 minute cynic you'll get the link and you can go from there um, I just want a quick uh, thank you to all the listeners that have listened to us over this season. Um, this has been it's been one of our best seasons overall. Um, we've got lots of iTunes reviews and we've got lots of subscribers. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, is it does this sound genuine? Yeah, it does. I mean, so. Sounds genuine. genuine enough. Good. Well, I mean, it's not, but these people are below me. So you're a leader of men. I'm a leader of men. You're thank a leader you. of three men at this moment. Time. Well, two men. And, and and to be honest, this is man. this is why Alan's going to be on it a lot next season. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, a lot of just just making me feel better about myself. Um, terrific. Uh, but no, um, check out the if you check us out on iTunes and subscribe and to all the people that have done it. Thanks, genuinely, it means a lot to us. We do it because we enjoy it, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, going to open the podcast with a question. We've actually got two questions. Um, so. The first question, obviously, based around the fact uh, it's the Scottish Cup final on Saturday. I'm going to go to Dermatron first. Dermot, what's your first Scottish Cup final experience? It's uh, the centenary season. So it's um, 1988? Yep. Uh, and that probably would be my best kind of experience. And I thought that was setting up for the way Celtic were going to be for the next sort of 10 to 15 years uh, and it kind of sort of fell away after that but I mean that was brilliant that whole season was just amazing at the end it was the first time I was kind of old enough to actually follow and really understand what was going on I suppose like football wise uh, like I mean the 86 World Cup and a couple of old football do you remember the 86 old yeah, World Cup mine was sitting watching that on TV um, but aye the centenary year was just fantastic Dundee United in the final? Yep. Yeah. And uh, it was Kevin Gallagher, wasn't it? Kevin Gallagher, that's right, yeah. Thrun, um, Famously scored against Barcelona as well to, to beat them. Uh, it's weird looking back that some of those players actually they were great. Dundee United. Yeah. That was a cracking team. Uh, and Aberdeen team at that kind of point was outstanding as well. So the standard was really high, and then you had Rangers uh, sort of West Unis bringing in basically the English national team. I know that's um, right. That, that, a lot of that was to do with the the ban on um, English clubs uh, in and Europe money. Um, and money. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know they signed it. What they signed England captain. They signed England goalkeeper. You know, it's. I, I mean, see stuff like Trevor Stephen as well. Yeah, it was just outstanding. Uh, Chris Woods, what a keeper, uh, and just to get one over. All right, this isn't the fucking. Know, just, but to get one over on them at that point was. was uh, is fantastic. that not what's going to happen this summer again, though? Bringing yeah. in the English national team, that was my understanding. Joe Hart is a definite, you'd imagine. That, I can live with that. Yeah, are you happy with that yeah, one? I can't uh, live with that. You know, who is the English go- captain? Jordan Henderson? Yeah, they can have, fucking have him as well. I, don't, I, know, I know he's in the European Cup final, but fucking have him as well. Is it a Renaissance? Yeah. Nice. Nah, is that how you say it? Uh, he, he, yeah, he was linked with us last summer, and uh, thank God we didn't get him. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, Alan, what's your kind of first um, experience of the Scottish Cup final? I was. Um, I'm 88, that was the year I was born, so I kind of came in and it was October, so I have no memory <laughs> of Celtic winning anything in my first seven years, so for me, the earliest memory was winning something, uh-huh. um, would have been 95, but even then, you're seven, you don't, nope. you yep. understand that it's your family thing, but you don't, 
you, you don't remember it. It's not until yeah, maybe you hit those early teams where you start to get the memories. So yeah, um, for me, it probably came a little bit later. But I remember the Scottish Cup final. I remember th- that great image that I remember is just um, Paul McStay being hoisted, uh, Tommy Burns. Uh, that's just that. Yep. <laughs> That's one of two iconic pictures uh, for I'm me. I'm actually genuinely close to tears. Yeah. That's just a great picture. It's one I always look back on. Everything about it, even the suit, the weather's great. See when Celtic win things, the weather's always great. Man, that says a lot. When Rangers win things, it's always black skies. It's usually because the curtains are down, but yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I met me personally in my house. Yeah, um, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, no, t- terrific. Um, I mean, to be honest, we're, we're probably going to touch on that later on when we kind of actually look to cover the cup final. Uh, before we get to yourself, Daniel, I'll quickly give mine. My first, me, <laughs> I don't know what that was, uh, my first uh, Scottish Cup final experience uh, or memory uh, would have been 1990. Um, 1998, like kind of like yourself, I would have been eight in 1990. So I kind of don't remember it from the point of view of, like, from a footballing point of view, or remember it as being, you know, I was I wasn't particularly bothered at that point because I didn't really fully understand it. But we lost on penalties. Um, it was nil nil. It was a absolute shanter of a final. Um, not shanter of a final, just the fact there was no goals. Um, so from being a wee guy, it's you know not the most exciting thing. But I remember my dad being genuinely, you know, how, how often do you see Celtic on you know a penalty shootout? Other than doesn't happen that often. The two times I've two times in two cup finals in a row, I saw them in. They lost both of them, so it wasn't really particularly fond experience. But yeah, that's my first experience. Yourself, Daniel, when was the first kind of Last uh, year? Was it last year? Very good. Uh, so, <laughs> I... <laughs> we, we, we won't tease you the whole of the podcast or anything. I, well, I kind of came into, like, my Celtic sort of consciousness begins in the treble season with Martin O'Neill. Um, that's when I went to my first game. That's when um, Celtic were properly sort of successful as well for the first time in years properly. You know, really successful. Um, so it was quite lucky for, for me growing up at that, that time. So I'd have been just a wee guy but I remember the the final against Hibs um, quite well um, so that, that, that's right yeah 2000, 2001 season yes so um, I remember it being a really nice day and my gran actually just stays down the road really from, nice day back to Alan's point exactly I was oh, nodding along to that um, my gran actually used to stay just down the road from Hamden you could see Hamden from my gran's house oh. so I've got lots of memories of um, watching the cup final sort of th- one eye on Hamden through the window and the window open so you could hear the crowd cheer if there was a goal, and then one eye on the TV as well. So, and the fans always sort of stream by. So that was my kind of first of those memories. And obviously, like for for Celtic to be so successful at that time, I was really lucky growing up with that. Unlike Alan, <laughs> <laughs> you said Paying that with for a, my deeds. Yeah, you, you said that with a certain amount of joy. Unlike Alan, <laughs> that, that's why you look fresh faced and young, though, because you didn't grow up with that horror. Hold on a minute, you you look fresh faced and young. Don't put yourself Thanks down. I was looking for that, I was yeah, and you got it. Thank you. You got it. Uh, but no, so you're going to say something else? Oh no, I was just going to say it was. So it was. A, I think that was also the perfect way to cap that season. Um, just with that victory, Larson scored what fifty three goals that season. Yeah, that's he scored in the final, and you know it was just. I remember uh, the start of that season when uh, that was obviously when Larson was just coming back from uh, like his his leg break, and he he played this first game. I think it was Dundee. It was at Tanadice. That was uh, Martin O'Neill's first game, and he took a tackle going for a corner and it was just like <gasps> but he got back up and I mean it's funny because Larson came back a much stronger much better footballer overall and you know some parts you think if he hadn't bro- I think we had this one of the yeah. kind of questions of the week if he hadn't broken his leg probably would have left, left as early and probably wouldn't have developed if anything Celtic made Larson so he should never have left <laughs> 
Trader. He also had a good team around him, though, like, nah, for the first did. time. Nah. A I, good team. But that, that wasn't a good team. That was an exceptional team. I mean, that, yeah, that yeah, team yeah. is probably the best team. Dermot, is it the best team you've ever seen, the sort of Seville team, that era? Yeah, I think on form they were exceptional and kind of man for man. You were like, there wasn't really any dodgy, anyone dodgy in there, you know. And everyone sort of rose to the occasion and had... They all brought something, you know. Even like I used to turn my hair out, I, I got. But sometimes just the pace of that stuck out away would be yeah. Uh, it was just exceptional. Then you you remembered why he was so good. You know, I mean, turn the hearts apart one time. Was it Petrich played? Petrich, yeah, big the back yeah, for hearts. Play for Rangers, yeah. I and I mean, I got must have given him like twenty or thirty yards head start and just tore past them. Uh, but then again, other times it was. It wasn't yeah. so good. He was, he was but let, let me ask you this, Alan, before we move on. Uh, the Seville team, uh, not even the Seville team, just the Martin O'Neill team. Uh, Martin O'Neill first season team versus Brendan Rodgers first season team. Very different. Um, I think O'Neill probably has the benefit of being the right man at the right time. Yes. Not just for Celtic, but in terms of football. In 2001, you could set a team up in Europe to try and be stuffy. This was before... Tiki Taka was as popular. This was yeah. before this football evolution happened. It doesn't mean teams didn't play great football. It's just that there was a physical element to the game, so you couldn't have eleven small guys playing against a team like O'Neill's because that method and style of football wasn't really it wasn't in vogue at that time. So I think you have to probably give O'Neill that slight edge in that sense. Whereas Rogers is trying to get eleven footballers against eleven footballers and we know where that goes or we know where it's been um, but in terms of watching it I would say I, I, there's no question I prefer watching Rogers Celtic granted that's maybe not the best time to say it after being Sunday Yeah, but I think the memories under O'Neill I think mixed I in with everybody's yeah. lives at that time you're, you're a younger guy and it was just a special time I think it's funny though because like um, if you look at O'Neill's teams um, and you know not qualifying on nine points yeah, yeah, and then Strachan's teams who you know just weren't as good. Uh, they were a good unit. They were, they played the, you know, the whole idea of some of their parts. You know, everyone worked together really well, but you know, individually there was, you know, if you compare comparatively, they don't match up. But you know, they're qualifying on nine points, and then you look at Rogers' teams uh, in the Champions League, and we're just getting these fucking ridiculous draws. It's there's it's you're either absolutely screwed or. You know, it's luck as well, no, as much I, as anything else, you I, know what I mean? I think you're absolutely screwed, and I think you just need to get used to that, to be honest. The draw is, granted it could be slightly kinder, but it's not going to be a lot kinder, and that's going to continue. I think we're seeded for the qualifiers, qualifiers but then when we go in there, we will be pot four. Um, so again, you just have to get used to that. A lot of fans say they would like to play Europa League, because then you could maybe get a run and play those teams. If PSG beat six, seven, nothing, then... You know, look what look what happened with Zenit. I think that you know we we, we the performance was was so good against Zenit at home, and it was so bad against Zenit away <laughs> that you just. I think if you had a goalkeeper against Zenit away, it's an entirely different game. Yeah. Like, I don't mean to go back and rehash that game, but if you don't lose that that goal, and I know that's, but if you don't lose that goal, then it's an entirely different game. And if you've got a goalkeeper without, with greatest respect to those the he seems like a very likable guy, but. It's rubbish. Yeah, it's a little bit garbage, aye. Yeah. But if, I, if you've got a goalkeeper in there, then that is an entirely different game. Yeah, but the same. With all due respect, we conceded that goal from a from a set piece with relative ease from Ivanovic. Literally, 
using all of his experience in his nose just to literally unchallenge. Uh, you know what we're getting off, we're getting off track, but still that's yeah. we'll, we'll get back to. And um, we've got another question, but we'll come to that moment actually covering the preview of the cup final. I just want to talk a little bit about you know it's ten years since uh, the passing of Tommy Burns. There's been a lot of stuff on Twitter, a lot of kind of reminiscing, a lot of people talking about you know how amazing. Uh, I sometimes I, I feel it's a little. I feel it annoys me a little bit when people talk about him as a man, right? Now, that's because not disrespectful because we know how amazing he was as a man, but as a football manager, he deserves a little a lot more respect than I think he gets. Um because what we were talking about before the podcast recorded, Dermot, what was you yeah. saying about how you'd rather watch? Well, I think I'd rather watch uh, Tommy Burns' Celtic play than probably any other kind of Celtic team. Uh, and I was saying it's a bit kind of churlish of me to sort of complain about the standard. Uh, at the minute when we're going for like a double <laughs> treble, you know, but even though we didn't, but even though Burns didn't win the league, it was just exceptional to watch. You know, I mean, some of the football was it was just mind blowing, and I loved every kind of second of it. And then you would have the inevitable, however many draws we had yeah. that year as well. You know, she the downside, but I think I'd take that over some of the football I've I've watched in the last couple of years. But then I was thinking to myself, would I take sort of boring football to get the ten in a row? And well, to be yeah. honest, I would. Yeah. You know, I'll just <laughs> well, that's the question. Take it for a while. I'm going to bring Daniel in. Um, you know, we're getting used to. Um, you know, last season was so ex- exceptional, so there's no accounting for that. I'll get back to the Tommy Burns thing in a second, but last season was, was so exceptional. There's you can't. It's uncompatible. Um, this season, ha- you know, we're a game away from a treble, double treble. Um, but as Dermot says, do you kind of get used, do you almost excuse, for the next three years, are we going to excuse poor performances in the Scottish Premiership for victories just to get the ten? No, I don't think people are. And I think you've seen that this season already. I think you've seen such a high number of complaints compared to last season. And we've what, lost four games in the league. Um, we've already won a cup, like you said. We could win the treble at the weekend. I just think... The the standards always change, you know. You 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 like just all you need to look at is PSG, right? Ten years ago, PSG would love to have been winning league titles. Now they're sacking managers because he's not won the Champions League. You know, like the standards of the fans change over yeah. time. Um, I think would they would fans rather play nice football and lose the league before ten in a row? Obviously not. But I still think the standards always increase yeah. as the team increases. And last year we saw the best Celtic team since Martin O'Neill's era. So the standard has, has increased. Yeah, if this, if we had this season under Dyla, well, we basically did have this season yep. under Dyla without those kind of fine margins of winning trophies. But trophies, obviously, like Tommy Burns has found out, that's that's how people perceive you in the long run. Yeah, and that's maybe why he's judged them fairly. They've said they've brought in the D word, Alan. Your rebuttal. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm looking. I feel as if I'm intimidated at the moment because I'm under a statue of the man. Or the a, man, a, signed statue. What, is that a canvas? Is that actually signed? It's actually signed. It's a painting, not a statue, but yeah, um, oil. <laughs> uh, available I'm not for <laughs> if Christian Wolf does want to buy off me, it is available for twice the price, two hundred pounds. Um, just coming back to the point before we go back on the dialogue, is like, I feel like you're you're gone now. I see that glint in your eye. Um, I, I agree that Celtic fans obviously we, we, we don't want to um, watch boring football things like that but I also think that um, the one thing that people tend to forget is this year is, is the boring performances absolutely they've came but they've came in the games where we don't need to win the one thing Celtic have really done this year take Europe out of it entirely um, but we have won the games where we need to win 
Celtic fans can be as confident as they like and I know we've had a lot of great times partying at Ibrox and it's been wonderful and I don't know if my liver can take much more of it but <laughs> roll back three or four years going to Ibrox this year when actually Celtic were playing really poorly and thinking I, I heard Celtic fans talking you know I'll take a draw you know things like that whereas after the game it's uh, it's almost rewritten as if you know that's what we go there that's what they do that's the mentality we've got a little bit we need to try and remember that that I will take anything each at home to Kilmarnock if it means that we go to Ibrooks and win yeah. and we win the Scottish Cup final this Saturday coming because one thing these you can't level at this team and not so much the team but the 11 guys that he seems to pick is, is that they're winners and they win the games they really need to win whereas yeah but we're talking about the, the quality of the actual football I think the quality of the football is great I think teams have um, have I don't think teams have sussed us out because I think that's nonsense because we've won the league comfortably and we could potentially win all the trophies again this year but I've been wowed plenty of times this year by Celtic a lot of you know individual players guys like Rodjick Dembele um, but I, I, I think to say that I've I went to I think just about every home game this year and a couple of them, yeah, we've not played great, but I love watching it. I absolutely love watching Celtic. I, I think the way we're trying to play, sometimes it doesn't come off. That's fair enough. But I, I was listening to a, a podcast, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, and he was talking about uh, sports teams, and he was talking about um, the idea that you create a legacy by creating a team and then you know evolving that team and making that taking that team. Um, and what his kind of point was that through various kind of studies of certain, it was basketball that was the focus that you really do get to a point where you can't go any further with a team and you have to change. So it's because people start to figure you out. It's because you don't become as creative anymore because you've kind of used up all your creativity. You've maybe only get one or two different... I'm talking about individual players on the pitch. You know, you know your role. But for example, wingers, you know, knowing that maybe, you know, Sinclair knowing that uh, Tierney's going to be somewhere specifically or, you know, um, you know, Forrest knowing that Lustig isn't going over that lap on him except... You know, the the fact is, you become a little bit um, stale. So my point would be that this team that we haven't, you know, the team that played on Saturday, with the exception of what and Cham, uh, and Cham Dembele, is basically a te- the team that's been there for the last you know five or six years, and so this team. Some of them, I mean, yeah. guys like Lustig have been there since what yeah. 2011. You know, Brown's obviously Brown's, Brown's, Brown's obviously the always constant, and you've got Forrest as well. But I, what I would say is, I think just that this team, um, and it's got nothing to do with even Rogers, it's just this group of players has their times almost up in terms of a unit, and that's where I think it needs to be kind of not picked apart. And this is no disrespect to them because this season has been phenomenal in terms of what we're on the verge of doing. I mean, if we to win a double treble to get to the last thirty-two of the European Europa League is phenomenal. I'm not taking anything away, but maybe it's to time to think about new ideas and new new personnel. Would you all agree with that, or does anyone else think you know Daniel? What you just kind of take on that? I think that's definitely a, a good point. Like I remember um, in when. Pep Guardiola was at Bayern. Like here we, he started, here we fucking go, but Guardiola. He started. I like it. He started playing five up front at one at one stage, and it was. I remember reading one of the books about him, and it was. It was basically saying he he always is trying to find a new way of being spontaneous because there is yeah. definitely a degree to which if you are spontaneous, teams can't predict what you do. 
Um, now that's not to say that like that you can't just have a system and everyone knows it, but you just can't you just can't yeah. beat it for a, a prolonged period of time. But I definitely think that you you do have to keep things fresh. Um, I think that definitely comes with the attacking players more than the defensive players. So like Sinclair's season, I think has has been kind of has been dragged down by this claim against them that he's too predictable. And that basically, you know, you go to take someone on and, maybe, and then you either pull it wide left and you can just close him into the corner or he'll try and do that thing where he cuts inside but everyone knows he's going to do that. I think he's a nice sort of summary of of yeah. that kind of idea. Do you know the thing about... You, I, I, you're absolutely spot on, but do you know what I've noticed over the last couple of four or five games? He's actually started to take people on again. Like, actually, you know, make them make a decision and actually try, beat, he's beaten them like two or three times mm-hmm. down, down on that kind of uh, left-hand side. Uh it, do you know what? We'll come back to this in a second. I just want to make this point about Tommy Burns. Uh, he was a terrific manager. I don't think he gets as much respect as a manager as he did as a player or as he does as a man, which, you know, obviously you want to be known as being a good man above anything else. Um, but I just want to kind of make this point about, you know, Daniel, you obviously you probably would have heard from like your dad and everything and, you know, your uncles and stuff about how good this Celtic team was to watch. When he took over in 94, 95, uh, he took over in July, took over from that. Absolute fucking charlatan. Listen to this league table. Rangers, Champions, Motherwell, Hibs, Celtic, Falkirk, Hearts and Sixth. Alan. Sixth, wow. Uh, Come on, (laughs) Thistle. (laughs) Wow. Sorry, I panicked. Uh, Aberdeen in the the playoff position, of course, when it used to do playoffs. Uh, Obviously, actually, they were brought back in and they do them now. Um, And Dundee United relegated. What changes, eh? (laughs) Fine. Uh, night five, night six season. We lost the league by four points, losing one game but drawing eleven. Uh, Seventy four goals for, twenty five against, um, plus forty nine. That's quite, Jesus Christ. That's quite a lot. Uh, Are you going to read the stats up until modern day? We all went um, here. <laughs> Nicely dealt with. You need to start again now. Yes. So from last, no, but no, I just that that's the kind of key season. The ninety five, ninety six season, we lost one game. Uh, we drew eleven. Uh, it's, it's just phenomenal. What do you remember that season? I and I mean it was outstanding. And I think uh, in terms of how folk rate Burns as a manager, you've got to remember what Rangers had at the time. What Rangers were doing. I what they were doing, but also I mean Loudrop and Gaza. You know, I mean these players were phenomenal. Yeah, they were brilliant, and we were sitting there with Mark McNally at the back. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Mark McNally and Brian O'Neill. Do you know what I mean, aye, nothing again. I like Brian O'Neill, you know, uh, but I aye. wanted to like Brian O'Neill. Aye, I yeah. really wanted to. <laughs> that like slip. Brian yeah, it, it was just very difficult for Burns. Yeah, I think. I, th- I think that's the key point. The next season, we uh, ninety six, ninety seven, which was his temporary li- stand year. Is that right? Ninety six, ninety seven. That would be. Temporary stand at Parkhead. Yeah, because it was Hampton. Uh, Everybody stamped their feet. Yep. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, that was the season. So the season before uh, is the one where we we lost to PSG. And this is the season where we lost to Hamburg. The Hamburg loss, I remember. Sorry. To no, no, no. Fire away. I remember being outside. And I know Hamburg fans get a bad reputation right again at the, you know, whatever. Pure idiots. I do remember a Hamburg fan giving me what is clearly now a picture of him photoshopped in beside Pam Landerson naked. <laughs> <laughs> I had no At the time, though, it was me and my dad were talking to him outside where, I suppose, where it would be the Celtic Superstore. What age were you? And, well, at that time, it would have been, what, 96? I'd have been seven. 
or eight, depending when the game was. And it showed, and and my dad at the time just kind of looked at me and went, oh, right, there you are, eh?" And I was very impressed by it, because who didn't know who Pam Landerson was then? But now, it's clearly a photoshopped picture. Do you still have it? No, he didn't give me the picture, it was a prized possession for the man. He's probably using it to sort of tempt other sort of young boys back to his hotel, you know, she's there. Do you want to meet Pam Landerson? I think we should cut here. That sounds like an impression of... Christian Wolf. Uh, the la- la- so the last season we had next uh, six, next seven. Uh, I mean, we, uh, it was only five points. Again, we, it's hard to put into context uh, what Rangers were doing on an industrial scale. And also Gorham as well. And Gorham as well. Those games. Oh, but we were fifteen points ahead of third place Dundee United, who, as I was mentioning a couple of seasons ago, were relegated. So good for them. Next six, next seven. Aren't you? Good, good for you. Next six, next seven. Dundee United. Qualifying for the UEFA Cup. Anyway, uh, but no. The, the point is, well, I, I just I, I see a lot of uh, Tommy Burns being ahead of the curve with how he played football. Uh, very progressive uh, attacking football. Some would say naive, um, but I think because we had such a smaller budget and he could only you know focus on one specific. So you know you've you've got a budget. What are you going to do? You want to score goals? We'll we'll try and outplay them. We'll try and outscore them, and that that cost us. He, he you know he, his philosophy he never diverted away from, and I really respect him for that. And uh, yeah, just what a great guy as well. Um, so yeah, TB, what a guy. Um, Huge influence on the club going forward as well. Yeah, um, and not just as a manager, but as a coach. I remember as a kid how much he used to come round and visit the schools yeah, he came just to do appearances. I remember there was a football team that I played with, we were garbage, but they were linked in some way, kind of, you know, there was council funding and yep. he came out just to, literally just to appear. I think he brought Brian Kerr, oh, uh, yeah. Stuart Kerr, sorry, yep. with him um, at the time and it was the buzz that that gave just, you know, as a young guy. Um, having that. I know everybody's got their own wee stories about Tommy Burns, but um, I think he would have always played a huge part in the club, whether it had been manager. Cause I know Pat Bonner said he would maybe be a manager again one day at yeah. Celtic. But um, I, I think you, you, you cannot underplay his the influence. Well, I did Peace Be With You with him at Mass. So, so did that, was wow. it St Helens? Yes. Yeah, I used to a couple of times saw him at St Helens. I was thinking that it's just around the corner from here. Eh? Uh, it's just around the corner from here. Uh, great church. Let me yeah. talk you through a, bit, a little bit about the history of St Helens. <laughs> no, let's not. Uh, so <clears throat> we've got the cup final, but I just want to look over, you know, th- again, this kind of plays into what we are talking about earlier, about uh, the game at the weekend. So... Celtic lost to Aberdeen uh, 1-0 uh, Paddy Considine uh, the director um, of the <laughs> that boxing film that boxing film uh, and also what's the one where it's the black and white uh, you know when he comes back from the war in Iraq I was, uh, oh, was going to say Dead Man's Shoes Dead Man's Shoes but that was Shane Meadows was it not the yeah but pa- no but Paddy Considine's in it, in it. Right, cool. yeah sorry right. yeah oh, he's in loads of things though he's we'll just get him films he's in then. let's just sit and name films at Paddy Considine your favorite, uh, what's your favourite Paddy Considine film don't know. <laughs> Did you watch the match last night? Which one? <laughs> don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Celtic lost to Aberdeen. Uh, thoughts? Uh, Alan, you were at the game. Your kind of thoughts on it overall? Yeah, it was just a bit dull. Everybody was kind of waiting about for... I think there was just an apathy. Um, not just from the players, and I think it translated out into the stands. You, you can't complain. I know that... You want to beat them, but by the same token, Aberdeen have got to come up here and win. The only thing that slightly bothers me is more that letting the genie out of the bottle slightly with that Aberdeen thing because they're a banker, you know, 12 points 
Um, and giving them that now, I know people say McInnes, Bottler, this and that, but you never know how things will go. You do lose to a team like that, you've got that psychological edge over them, and they are our you know, biggest rivals in terms of the league the last four years, so it's never nice getting beat, but they were good value for it. I know Griffiths had a couple of chances, but they were good value for it. Um, and I think if you lose a goal to them early doors, then you might struggle against them going forward a wee bit, because they are a stubborn team. And I thought Anthony O'Connor was exceptional. Um, he, he for me was I, I thought he looked great it's the first time I've really um, been bowled over man, but I thought he was superb <laughs> well, what did I say on this <laughs> on Saturday Anthony O'Connor's one of the worst footballers I've ever seen <laughs> so but they well, Saturday well that, that's fair enough then I the day before yeah it was, oh, he, he was great yeah, on the day was, you know, um, I, I was just very impressed by him I thought he was excellent uh, yourself uh, Daniel what did you kind of take on it does it matter does it matter or as Alan says it kind of leads into the idea of letting them you know, psychologically get over because that's the first time they've beaten us in the living games. But I think there's a bit of a difference because last season we we won, we lifted the title against Hearts, didn't we? Yeah. In the last game of the season, and that, from what I remember, that was a good performance. And I think that kind of sums up this season a wee bit. You know, we've done it, we've got over the line, but just not. You know, we just not got that extra little bit of panache, that extra little bit of style that um, we didn't do. It. Although to be fair, I do agree that the Aberdeen were quite solid. Um, and I think kind of when they get a hold of you, Aberdeen, they can do, they can actually do you a bit of damage, and and even if they don't win, they can grab a point from you, because um, they're, they're just so physical. And I think there's there's a certain block. I think if you bring into the second half with Aberdeen, um, I think they always tend to do well when they go ahead as well. They've only they, that they've not lost this season, but when they've went ahead, no, they I think they've went ahead like fourteen times, scored the first goal, something along those lines. But they've not lost when they've went ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point you raise about giving them that little bit of an edge. But will the team, will the Aberdeen team be the same as, as the now next season, you think? They're going to lose quite a few players. I don't know if it'll be the same, but I think they're still going to be a kind of banker for us. Uh, we can beat them at will. I thought it was a pretty... At will. We can. It was a pretty poor... Will, Alan. It was a pretty poor performance. And the, the game before against Aberdeen was a poor performance up there as well. Um, and we still managed to beat them. Um I think they were making a lot out of it, and they were fair play to them. They were, they were taking all they could from it, but you know that wasn't a vintage Celtic performance against them by any. Yeah, I mean, extent, it, it, you know? it really wasn't. And as as Alan says, I think that you know we were bored in the pub. Yeah. Me, me, we watched it in the pub, and it was just. Get, how did Shinny stay on the pitch? Yeah, well, that's the tackle and Brown was. I mean, it was so intentional. And when you saw it, you think, "Oh, you're." Did you did, did you hear the interview afterwards? I haven't seen how what goes around comes, comes around, around or something like you know. that. Oh. Brown Brown will be hard and he'll go into tackles, but they're fair, and he does it like good old fashioned, you know, sort of. Okay, hold on a minute. You're, hard, making it, you know? <laughs> you're making him out to be Stanley Matthews, you know, know. like that old. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, respectful. Don't take my hat off, and it's, it's a man's game, and not taking out someone's ankle so late, deliberately going for it. Yeah, it was that a trailing was, angle was, as well. I thought it was horrible. I, I actually quite, I think Shinny's, I think he's a very effective player. And well, I know good, that he's, yeah. But I, I like players like that. See players, not the, for this tackle, yeah. but I like players like that. See, they've got that dig about them. You need guys like that, guys like that really drive a team on. That, that was really poor. Um, yeah. And I think he knew it, to be honest. But you can never, as a player, you can never come out and just say sorry because you give the other guy the edge. All so right. I can understand why he now has to play it down. And I think Brown had said earlier, they'd asked him about the what goes around, comes around. And I think he just said, oh, does it? Um, that's, that's all you can do. Um, but 
I'd like to see Brown not get involved in it, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, because he's a far better player, you don't just oh, no, like screaming at him to <laughs> take him out, you know, and get him in the tunnel. Get him, get him. You know. uh, if he would have got sent off with with the say Brown, if Brown would have got sent off, would they have been allowed out to lift the trophy? Oh, that's a good point. Um, sure, I, I, such I, someone I, must know. There must be a precedent yeah. for that. Sure, yeah. somewhere. Um, with, with the Shenny tackle, though, uh, sorry, just Shenny as a player, I, I actually quite like him a lot as well. Yeah. He, he's maybe. He does uh, it most of what he's got, and I like guys like that that you yeah. can, get, you can I, get most out of. Because, let's be honest, uh, Scott Brown isn't the most technically gifted player of all time. It's it's his actual football intelligence that really kind of gets him through. Um, and the fact that he can take and give a tackle um, the way that a lot of guys can't. Uh, but no, I, I think that, you know, if, if we look at this, this Aberdeen team, if we're looking at next season, our, uh, you know, Kenny McLean is a massive influence. Ryan Christie's a massive influence um, and you know the fact that the season before they had uh, Johnny Hayes and, and we decided to take him Plankton Plankton what, what would Malcolm Gladwell say about uh, Aberdeen's cycle is that coming at an end then uh, he said that uh, all good things must come to an end was that him wow. yep yeah, I, I, I would. Uh, I think Aberdeen. I think they might struggle. I think McInnes would do well to get another year out of them. But I think you'll. It's just who you can get. And losing a guy like Kenny McLean to a team like Aberdeen yep. is mm-hmm. as big as us losing, say, somebody like Dembele because he's a cracking player. He really is. I, I, I really like him. I think he's. I think he'll do. I think he'll go down to that league and he'll do really well. Hope so. um, because he's he's technically gifted. He's he's got a really he's got a really nice left foot and and he's hard enough. He's that, solid. Do you know what I mean? That he'll, really be, he'll be he'll be able to take it. He won't be intimidated and take a challenge. Uh, Shea Logan. <laughs> he's just a fucking idiot, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was something said to him? Was that what this was all about? Um, uh, yeah, like six years ago or something. Was it? This, this is where it all goes back to. It goes back to the Tony thing. Does it? The tone I, thought, I think so. Yeah, this is when Shea Logan first came into the I, public consciousness. Oh yeah, I but think, did he yeah. not punch uh, Ayo? He punched Ayo. That's why. Oh, on Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah I, I did see that. But I think I would have been like thirteen. Are the same um, age as Daniel? Um, yeah, that's, not, that's <laughs> true, actually. <laughs> the the, the Shea Logan thing for me is always, because it's had that bit of history and it started off, it, it started off with a Tony thing, I've always been uncomfortable with it. Um, I've, but I've then been, I just think he's a dick. Yeah, I mean, we were in the pub on Saturday and it Sunday. Wasn't, and it wasn't a good chapter in Celtic's history. No, a low point all over. Aye, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 yeah, it, and no one comes out of it well. I, I, Shea Logan doesn't come out of it well. He just... I mean, the stuff he's putting up on Twitter, it's literally just, it's the whole idea of just try to wind us up and, you know, fishing and, and all that. Yeah. But it just makes him look pathetic. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it really does. I mean, nobody cares. And to be <laughs> honest, I'm pretty sure Shea Logan was desperately trying to get a move to a championship club a couple of years ago. So but it's not like he's Aberdeen yeah. through and through. Yeah. You know, but that, that's like he's literally been tweeting about how we've, we're in second position and we're the, that's the best we could, we could get and all the money it's going to bring in and all the resources and all this. And it's kind of like, mate, you finished fucking second and you're right. jumping about like you won the European Cup do you know what I mean is that uh, the one where he like capitalised like we win and we finish second and for us that's yeah, a win. win yeah and it's just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> who follows, you, you didn't win who follows Shea Logan on Twitter does uh, he have a blue tick no no that's a shame but no, should get him one that'd be nice he'd like that we, uh, it gets rhymes re- with tick <laughs> <laughs> it gets retweeted on to no, I get it I understand the platform thank you <laughs> Now let me explain social media slash Twitter to you in really quite minute detail. Uh, no, but um, I mean Aberdeen are trying to sign Naismith 
who's a who's a right back who who's essentially better. is he's far better. He's he's been a really really good. I don't know statistically, you know how he, I'm sure he's right up there. Um, nice analysis. <laughs> <laughs> stats wise, he's he's, he's, yeah, up, he's right up there. Yeah. All <laughs> the stats say that he's right up there. Well, follow mo- at Modern Football if you want your stats stuff. There you go. There's a plug for Nah. Me too. No, I, no, I, I'm sure they do good stuff. I mean, I won't be looking at it. <laughs> I think Logan's like look at him, He wants a job. Blissful back. I like um. I, no, I I quite like Logan actually as a player. I think he's decent. I, although I do think from what I've seen in Aismith, he's he's better. Uh, but he's he's just that though, isn't he? He's just he's decent. I don't even think he's decent. I think he's below average. I, I think he struggles, and I, I I just don't think he's very good. But it's one of those things where if you can be a you know he could be a standout in that. He's and everyone, his name's everywhere. People are talking about him, and you know, someone might then come in and go, "Oh, look, there's a good." I think, guy. <laughs> I think he's better than average. I, I don't. Sure, I think. I think yeah, he's an average. average. Aberdeen what have lost forty five percent of their goals down the right hand side. That's an actual stat. I don't believe you. No, I made up. I don't know. I was going to say if he's <laughs> just left or right, then he's doing better than the other side, doesn't he? Yeah. You know? In terms of stats, Shea Logan's he's, he's down. There. I should have went higher. I, 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 might, I might follow more than football. I should have went higher with the fake stat. Yeah, yeah. I always go high low or really low. <laughs> it's never no one's going to believe a stat pulled out there about where Aberdeen can see goals after from. I do, just after when, I, when I, it suits you, yeah. you know. Just it's the one thing he's got written down. <laughs> no. Just after I said, I don't really know anything about stats. Uh, okay, aye. So, I mean, the Aberdeen game, uh, it was disappointing. Um, but we move on to Saturday. Um, before we actually talk about the cup final, there's some news. But before we even get to that, Christy. Um, Christie has finished his loan period um, according to Derek McInnes Celtic want him back because he's going to feature um, whether that is just in pre-season or whether that's he's got a full term kind of future or he's going to at least be given a, a, a shot uh, Daniel you seem like a wee hipster guy is Christie like your favourite player or no uh, I, I, li- I like him but I, I have my doubts about Christie um, for Celtic, yeah, I think he's one. He just to me, and I hope I really hope I'm, I'm proven wrong. But to me, he seems like one of those guys that can stand out for basically any other team in the league. But when we sort of swallow them up, they kind of get lost in amongst more talented players in yeah. the same position. All the plankton, all the plankton. Yeah. Um, thoughts? I mean, I think that's a good point. I hope I'm wrong, though. I hope I'm wrong. I think you might be right. I, I don't know, Alan. Thoughts on Christie? I, I think he'll bring him back because you don't put him out alone again to another Scottish team because his value doesn't increase at all with that. Um, so I think he brings him back and you give him pre-season, you give him games, you see what he's like. I, I think there is a player there and I think he'll want him. But I think he'll decide and he'll either be at us or he'll be elsewhere, um, whether it be a championship team in England. But I don't think you're going to get money from him. I don't think you're going to sell him for a big fee. I, I think you keep a hold of him and try and do something with him because when you use the plankton analogy and I know this is going to be difficult for you but two years ago two and a half years ago Stuart Armstrong could have easily mm-hmm. fallen into that category um, but he's improved significantly as a player and that's exactly yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what you want to do um, you want to bring him in and you want to have him training with a team Brendan Rogers got a great record improving players and I hope he can do it with him who do you uh, think you right? who do you think you are no, see that the point with that is when they brought in, you know, Gary McKay Stephen was the original um, player that we, you know, we got in on a free, and then we paid the money for Armstrong. But Gary McKay Stephen has proven to be the plankton um, off of the whale. That is Celtic. That is Chris Stuart Armstrong. 
Christie has much more about him than Mackay Stephen. I think. No, uh, um, he's actually a very physical player. Uh, he's, yeah. he's 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 not weak quite a bit. absolutely, yeah. and he's um, he's actually quite tall. I think on football managers got a fourteen for heading. Hey, shut up. 14? 14? Get him 14. in the team. That's why I, I, I use all my uh, football his, his knowledge on the basis. He's really, really good. I think he's yeah. he's well-rounded for his age. The year at Aberdeen was what was needed. Given that Masonda's about up the road, uh, down the road rather, then there's more space for him. And Roderick's still not signed, has he? No. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's based on, you know, are we losing Masonda? Like, who the hell yeah. knows what's going on with that? Roberts is away. What's going to happen with Rogic? What's going to happen with Armstrong? Because there are a kind of variety of positions that Christie could, I think, eventually yeah. mm-hmm. fall into, and I don't think he's actually necessarily found where he'll end up, um, if anywhere in particular. Um, so I think you know, there's I, I, a lot I of think, stories before that. Be I think Christie's best position is probably the number ten role, mm-hmm. um, basically where Rogic is. Will he be afforded the opportunity to f- figure out how to play that role for Celtic? I don't know if he will. I think that's the big problem. Is you know, the pressure that comes with Celtic, the pressure to always have to win, it will inspire some players, and it might inspire Christie. Christie might take that idea and think, great, but if Rodgick signs a new deal, there's no way that Christie's taken his his place. There's his not, place. but again, but Rodgick is, I mean, he's injury prone, you know, yeah. he could sign a new deal in but then, but, for the next six months. But then if you've got a guy like uh, Callum McGregor um, to slot into yeah. that ten, 10 role for a couple of games and then someone else, and having these options is obviously fantastic, um, but it doesn't. It's when Gary McKay even got a brief run under Rodgers, he folded because he knew that was going to be his only chance, and he couldn't take the pressure of that. Whereas other other guys will snap it up. Um, this is some terrific analysis, by the way. We, we I mean, should have beat Man City away. That, that's where. I mean, I don't want yeah. you, but McKay Stephen, we should have beat Man City away. Like, I had a great chance, didn't yeah, he? He did. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he did. So, I mean, I don't mean to lay that at his door. He also yeah, had an, he also had an excellent chance against Inter Milan away. He did, yeah, he did. When, it, when it was nil nil. Uh, so this is from Jamie, um, and this it's on this point, so it's kind of relevant. Uh, can you see Ryan Christie being here in September, Alan? Yes or no? Yes, but not a part. Daniel. Yes, I can. Can you see him playing a part? I can see him being a sort of bit part player. So then it kind of basically what Johnny Hayes did for the first half of the season, struggling to get into the team, but being around. Dermot? Yeah, definitely. I think he's still going to be here. I think Rogers will take a closer look and maybe. Do you maybe, you maybe just give him to Christmas? And in, in and about the squad, maybe we get a couple of injuries, we, get a couple of suspensions. We don't lose anything by keeping them all year. Because you remember yeah. Morgan's going to come in, and as far as I can tell, I think Morgan's going it again. He won't be starting every week, but you know, you get Johnny Hayes coming back as well. You know, there is going to be. But we are looking for Christie to be kind of sort of number ten central kind of. We were talking about trying to not, but twenty minutes ago we were talking about trying to improve in Europe and yeah. improve in the Champions League. That list of three players that you just mentioned there doesn't do that. They they will be there possibly, but they do not figure into anywhere near a first team. That no, that that that's a hundred percent. I fully agree. But the two, the, the you know the Saturday after the Champions League. Mm-hmm. That's what I would yeah, see. Possibly. That's what I see a Christie come on. That's what I would see. Uh, well, I, to be honest, I don't think unless he's to convert he's to be a full back or something. If they convert he's to be a left back and you know be cover for Tierney or something, yeah. maybe. But that I would expect. You know, the the weekend after a Champions League game, that's where I'd see Christie having his opportunity. Uh, so that's the first part. He's got three three part question. Now I'm going to read them all out. Indulgent. Uh, we don't have a lot of questions this week. <laughs> uh, with Armstrong in the Scotland squad. Does that suggest he's leaving? 
So there's all the, the Scotland squad. They're going down to Peru and then to Mexico um, a couple of days after the Champions League final. So there's no Andy Robertson. All of the Celtic players have been left out with the exception of Jack Hendry, but that's for him to get experience, you'd imagine. And Armstrong. Dermot, what's your take on it? I think maybe Armstrong hasn't played that many games. So Rogers thinks, well, actually, this is going to be some game time for you. Yeah. Uh, I do have a sneaking suspicion that after last summer, Armstrong was itching to get away. And his form at the start of last year was really piss poor. Um, and I don't want to use the word trust him, but I think he, if, if an offer came up for the Premiership, he would jump at it, uh, is my kind of opinion on it. But I don't think the fact that he's going with the Scotland squad, I don't think you can read too much into that. You don't think that's the nail in the coffin, if nah. you will? I think that's a good point. What would you yourself, Daniel? No, I'd agree with that. I, don't th- I mean, he's been, I, I assume he's been fit for, you know, the last what, couple month weeks. or two. Or no, well, he came back, he got injured again, uh, and so, he he's, get, so he's yeah. only been back for last. But, so he has been fit, but he's really only been coming off the bench, and so, again, he's not, it's not like he's been inundated with games, and he needs a, a prolonged rest. So. I mean, before we pick our cup final teams, you wouldn't imagine him playing in the cup final, Jalen. Oh, he's got his face on, he's doing a wee thing. He's no. No. I'm trying to work it out there where the, the space was because I know that my family connection to this podcast is a history of picking 12 players. So the ones yes, the, that's uh, right. Um, yeah. How did your brother, a brief update on your, what your brother did and how it went? It went, went really well. Yeah, he was cycling to all the away games in, yep. in Scotland. Yeah, I think the, a lot of people supported him. I think he got over £5,000 for the foundation, so it was great. Excellent. And I got a free day at Lennox Town because of it. Oh, that's right. And you met, I saw you had some pictures of the players. How was Lustig? How's he looking? He was okay? great. He was a really nice guy. Uh, very friendly actually uh, top, I would say taller in person and more striking in person I would imagine when I fantasise yeah, Henry's a big handsome boy I have to say that when I fantasise about uh, meeting Lustig he's always really nice to me he's not even our most handsome right back if you count Jack Henry uh, Jack Henry is a bit that was great it was a great day actually it was brilliant the one pulled out a photoshop Pam Anderson picture no he did though but that would have impressed them yeah, <sighs> but it was a far better photoshop because <laughs> yeah. we've got the technology now you understand Daniel I do. Yeah. We have the technology now. Mm-hmm. Could you fix my hairline? No. Oh, I don't have the technology. Bowed. We need to get bowed get on bowed. Uh, right. I. I mean, we've got we've got some good stuff. Uh, right. Okay. And you know what? We'll just go on to this. This is a nice uh, segue from Aiden at Boise sixty seven, who brings us into the kind of essentially the news section uh, with Paddy Roberts leaving, and then he's got a wee sad face emoji, like you know the really sad one. Uh, it's in brackets as well. What? This is class. It's a class message, the way it's laid out. Do you think we need a replacement? I know no one can see it. Do you think we need a replacement um, in the window, or do you think we should give Morgan Christie a chance? This kind of plays into what we were talking about. I'm going to start with you, Alan. Um, Paddy leaving and Masonda leaving. Uh, Masonda, we've not had... Uh, Masonda had that wonderful piece of skill to set up uh, Callum McGregor uh, for the goal against Zenit. Other than that, I think he played against. I think he played against Morton in the cup, um, and he's came off the bench a couple of times. I don't feel we're losing anything by him not being here because he's barely played. Uh, he could develop into a really good player. Who knows? But I don't feel we're losing anything with Paddy. <clears throat> Sorry, with Patrick Roberts leaving. Firstly, there's a hole in my heart, and there's a hole in everyone's heart. Dermot's nodding. Yep, I yep. totally agree. Praise be. Uh, what, what do you think um, with them to go and do you think, uh, kind of playing into what we were saying, do you think we should be going out to try and get 
someone of substance uh, for the kind of wing maybe experience or yeah I, I think you can't lose a player that made the impact that Roberts has over the past two years without replacing him um, and I think he's improved Forrest by having competitions that shows that you need to yeah. thrive off of that that's an excellent um, point it, it seems dead in the water as well uh, I'm pretty sure last year um, I think late at night or maybe even very early in the morning I might have sent a couple of Paddy Roberts related tweets <laughs> that might need to come down um, so I, I will be sad to say I'm going to wish him well um, wherever, wherever he goes I think Man City seems to be dead in the water if you read his comments as well for him which is a shame um, Musonda yeah I, I, I mentioned to you before the pod the one thing I noticed when I was up at Lennox Town and we were lucky enough to watch the team train Musonda was absolutely no part whatsoever of um of the session, not in terms of he was there and he played, but he didn't barely communicated with anyone. Oh, really? There was three or four times um, where he was just, you know, standard tackles. Um, it's a pretty intense training session, um, um, and a couple of times he went down and he was complaining quite vocally to Chris Davis who was taking the session, and not one person even turned, looked at him. He was lying at the side of the park at one point. Um, there was nothing. There was no reaction. It, to me, um, it, it seemed as if it was somewhat intentional, um, like almost like the way you would treat a child um, to try and toughen him up. Because you think he's he, he was on his ass three or four times, and in a training session that maybe lasts twenty minutes, yeah. that's a lot. Um, there was no reaction whatsoever. Um, you know, nobody, none of this lifting a guy up. You know, Sorry, he mate, needs aye, to kinda, he needs to develop that. Um, and other guys were down. But they were straight back up, whereas Musonda, it was like a child that he, he was clearly talented, but it just didn't work. Um, is he as thin? Look, is he like you know tiny? Yeah, tiny he's, 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 a, he's a really slight guy, but he's got a lot of tricks. He's very quick, but in this training session, you wouldn't have been able to tell because there was somebody up his up his ass within you know a second of getting the ball. Whereas Rodrick's got the physicality to be able to roll someone in and turn them. It just didn't happen for him. He might have just had a bad day. I'm only watching one training session, but something's clearly not working there and it, it felt like to me it just wasn't you know there, there was something there that he, he just didn't seem happy and it seems like there's a lot of discontent and as many rumours as you like but that day it was definitely um, it, it didn't happen for him and it's not happened for him in his time here it'd be a shame to see him go it's not what you're wanting to hear is it Dermot? no but I mean if it's not going to work out it's not going to work out you know we just uh, wish him the best and send him on his way Uh I wouldn't really fancy going to work and getting kicked in Mars four times <laughs> <laughs> every day. You it, know? It's good to see, though, that um, despite the fact that we've spent money and Rogers, this yeah. Chelsea relationship, all this kind of thing, if you're not going to improve the team, you're not going to start. Mm-hmm. And I like to see that. Yep. Yeah, it sets a precedent, doesn't it? Yeah, like, you so know, it's not a, a, a sort of... You can't just walk into the team because he's yeah. this sort of young, heralded superstar that people mm-hmm. write articles about. You know, it's not... Um, I, I think from from what we've seen of Misonder, and I, I saw a little bit of him when he was on loan in Spain, just because I watched Spanish football just in passing. Um, he, you, to me, yeah. to, what? Sorry, I was just going to say, and you're not a hipster, and I'm not. No, no. no. Um, watch lots of Real Betis. Um, <laughs> the, I think I, I don't know. I just don't know how much he actually looks like he would suit our style of play because I think he. Where, where obviously that, that assist against Zenit was very much kind of us on the break like we turned Zenit out wide and we brought it inside and he, he took advantage of that space and time that he had there whereas I think a lot of the time domestically we're facing teams who are packed in and Roberts is one of yeah. those guys who can unlock that he can help create that space whereas Musonda seems like one of the, the sort of player that has lots of running power with the ball but 
actually can he open teams up? I'm not entirely sure. So I don't know if he actually suits our style. He would say, uh, yeah, outside so, yeah, uh, European potentially football. Europe, he would be an asset. But then obviously, you can't I, just rely on. I that. think. I think the you know the funny thing is you know I've been a massive critic of of James Forrest. Um, don't get me wrong, when he's played well, I've, I've given him his due. But the the thing that's always frustrated me most about James Forrest is his inconsistency. People will turn around and say he's a winger. His inconsistency, right up and right down. Um, but his best game of the f- season so far, which was almost a ten out of ten, was against Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like you know, I think the point you made earlier about Patrick Roberts pushing Forrest on and having that competition where if I don't play well, someone's going to take my position. There are guys like Gary Mackay, Stephen, and th- this isn't a slant on getting. Sl- I'm not slating Gary Mackay, Stephen. It's just he- this level is too intense for him. Um, whereas Forrest it's actually brought out the best on him best in him the fear you have now is the fact that if Misonda and uh, Roberts both leave um, and we do replace them with Christie and with Morgan is that going to then offset uh, Forrest's uh, ability to you know the fear that you know he's going to have his position taken Aye, but I think uh, seeing sort of seasons past, uh, Forrest he was just an absolute master at starting well and then fading away into total insignificance. Uh, and it's only really been this season. I don't think he had it in him to turn in a, a sort of year like this, but he's, he's been exceptional. Um, I think maybe he's realising that, you know what I mean, what a chance he's got park heads, you know. I wonder if there's a couple of managers that... In the past, although they've all they've all bigged him up, but maybe at the back of their mind thought I'm going to get rid of this guy. Yeah, and now he got a wee bit lucky in uh, Paddy's injury, um, but I mean, it allowed him to take his chance. But he did start the season well, and I think that's he did, he was, down he, to the fact aye. that you know I think um, he had to. Yeah, he had to. Well, and that's the thing, you know, he doesn't have a choice. Aye. He was always a good starter, though. You know, I mean, he used to always have a couple of good games and then get injured and be out for quite a while and then come back for a. Few good games and be out for ages. Um, quick question. Uh, this is for Daniel. This is from Lewis Boy sixty seven. Would you resign Key now that he has left Swansea? I remember having a conversation about this last season about whether we should because I think a few people had talked about it. There was some rumor going around about it. Um, I think in terms of his his technical ability, I mean that we don't really maybe Cham could develop to that level, but I don't think we have anyone with that technical ability. But I don't think a 30-year-old or 31-year-old key... He's is not 31, is he? Oh, yeah, I would say he's about 30. He must be. Sorry, I'll check that, but keep oh, no, going. Go for it. Um, the, I, think, I don't know if he, even when he was with us, could play at the intensity that Rodgers yeah. wants us to play in terms of off the ball, in terms of pressing teams. Um, he's, think, ju- he's just turned 29, but it's not far off. Okay. Well, even, even so, I don't think he has the physicality, um, either strength-wise or sort of fitness-wise or in terms of pace, to be able to cope with what Rodgers is looking for. Um, I think that's something Cham has over him, definitely. Um, you agree with that? Why would we replace them? Yeah, I, I loved Key when he was here. Um, and I kind of hoped... He's obviously went down and made a great career for himself in the Premiership, but he's not one of the ones I'd be um, screaming at to come back. But what we should really be doing is going and getting ourselves a, a Scott Arfield type. That's you, <laughs> yeah. the, the Players like that don't Josh come Wonder. up. You know, guys like that don't come up. You've got to bring in quality like that and get him in a four-year deal at the, the age of 29 when he's hitting the peak of his career. A yeah. couple of points. Mi- trick missed there. Uh, so I actually think that um, Alan's being facetious. No. 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 I think it's he's being facetious. Ah. Is that, is that, that's what that is. The Ricky Gervais of uh, the Celtic <laughs> podcast. It's all ironic. Uh, no, Scott Arfield, obviously we're going to have a look at Rangers are... 
um, going to try and uh, I don't know what they're going to try and do <laughs> to be honest but a four year deal what for Scott Arfield yeah. I, Scott Arfield uh, has been he's a bang average player he's always been average um, and don't get me wrong he, he's played in the Premier League G- good for him but there's this idea that just because you play in the English Premier League you're a good player Rangers but, are just a beautiful example of this. They've signed Russell Martin, they've signed Graham Dorans. It doesn't work. No. Just because you played in the Premier League doesn't mean that... Barton, Cranshaw. Barton, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Cranshaw wasn't interested, really. No, nah, he was, was broken. A, it was a payday. Uh, same way it was at Ross. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was broken. The fact they played <laughs> let's him... Just, let's just like, talk about the banter years. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, Scott Arfield... Um, I just again, Dorans. I mean, mean Dermot we're talking about before. Dorans is a better player than Scott Arfield, and Dorans hasn't exactly lit the head of the light. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Scott Arfield play. Genuinely, I know I'm slacking. Yeah. I'm kind of ripping them and being facetious. However, <laughs> I, I, I would never that. have watched the boy play. And was it Falkirk? Was it Falkirk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. playing really good at Falkirk. You get to the age of 29 and you're yeah. not in the kind of consciousness, despite playing in the Premier League, which we watch on a week in week out basis, yeah. and the Championship. Then, you know, it's funny though because they were describing him on sport, sport sound. It's like. Um, you know he's but he's he's played in the Premier League. He's a internationalist. It's like yeah, he's a Canadian internationalist because he couldn't get into the Scotland squad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he couldn't get into the Scotland squad ahead of guy awful footballers like uh, I can't name a Scottish footballer right now. So, but one of the awful midfielders. Again. Oh, that's actually just a joke to annoy him. I quite like McGinn. I like McGinn. <laughs> Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon, yep. excellent well, point. Great name. You've saved him, by the way. I was being facetious. Because he's going to get... Guess it, Matt Phillips. <laughs> Matt Phillips, he's... He's in the squad again. Yeah, he's... Lewis Stevenson. After the week he's had getting called up. Sorry, but my God. What? Lewis Stevenson, really? Aye. Um, Thingy O'Donnell from the Kilmarnock's been called up. He's a good player. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, good right back. But it's just because, obviously, this... Okay. Squad. Uh, so, uh, as mentioned, we are kind of Champions League qualifiers. We are seeded because of the cause Liverpool get to the final and uh, Chelsea not uh, qualifying for the Champions League. I believe that was some sort of th- scenario that we had to avoid. Uh, so terrific. Um, still going to be tough. Uh, four qualifying rounds. We'll probably cover this obviously when you know when we restart the new season. But Daniel, thoughts on the Champions League? Is getting there enough? I think it. I think in reality it is. I think if you take off your sort of Celtic cap, I think it's a New York Yankees cap, mate. So. Oh, I'm sorry, Yankees uh, suck. I like Boston guys as well. They're the good guys. I saw the Boston guys. Anyway, if you <laughs> wow, if you if you take off your Celtic cap, I think that the um you don't you, you get to see it for what it is, which is the achievement of a team with our budget. Okay, yeah, historically we're a massive club and um. And we dominate our league, but I still think that a team with our budget. I mean, look at Anderlecht's budget compared to us. They've got, you know, they've got more money than us um, in terms of um, they, that they can spend. So I think realistically, yes, it's it's good enough to be there. I mean, it's not necessarily good for our pride because we look at ourselves as a massive club and our history is incredible. But I, I think it, I don't really know what you can expect when you're coming up against PSG and Bayern. And we were the only club from the qualifiers to get to qualify in third position who didn't finish fourth so last season at uh, sorry this well this season still i guess um we actually outdid uh expectation of of kind of where we should fall so 
that's really depressing <laughs> just yeah. because if this is us yeah. out doing expectation I mean a lot's to be said about the, the draw but Celtic have never get easy draws we always get into the you know the group of death or these horrific groups and but we just have to deal with that um, Dermot you know to k- take word I, Daniel saying I mean, is it I think uh, is getting there enough getting there would be a great achievement uh, once we get there I would like to see us get into Europa League and go for that third, at least go for that third spot. Uh, I can think f- football's just dying to death. You know, I mean, the there's always been you know the teams with money, and bigger budgets, etc. But now it's just ridiculous. That's Even like when we were playing Salzburg, you know, and sort of the budgets they had, and they were in the semi-finals there, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, what's the, the other Red Bull team that uh, all the played for? I, you know, I mean. Just teams that were there were nothing money thrown at them, and the size of the other leagues, and the the money you're getting for even parachute payments down south. Yeah, I mean you get relegated, and you've got more to spend than we get for winning yeah. a treble. Uh, it, it's so much an an unfair playing field in Europe that yeah, I mean sometimes I think it, I don't like us getting embarrassed against PSG, but when you kind of look at it, I think well, what can we expect? Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, I think we we look at our history. History counts for nothing, like in in the sort of. What does this week I think (laughs) (laughs) is? It counts for nothing in this. He clearly didn't live through the nineties. They say Uh, that in the Rangers podcasts a lot. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Zinger, zinger, boo those guys. But no, I get you. I kind of get your point. I think. the game's kind of a bogey in a lot of ways. Um, you know, PSG. Th- th- I mean, the fact that clubs are w- one-off transfers are more than our complete turnover. Well, probably a lot. You yeah. could probably buy Celtic with some of the transfers that that are go- going on between these massive clubs. Is there anything we can do, Alan? Like genuinely, is there? There is, and keep qualifying year yeah. on year on year. Think of the progress we've made for qualifying two years. Try five years down the line when you're making it consistently. I realise it's going to get harder, it's going to get harder. But see if you become an attractive place for young talent to come. They, they will. Um, the thing we need to do is consistently get there. Um, because you're not going to get the season's not going to be, get any better. You're not going to have other yeah. teams from Scotland doing any better. So you need to just keep getting there. The problem is that the qualifiers are horrible and they're horrible to watch. Nobody enjoys the qualifiers. No. I, I hate it. Yeah. I hate that time of year. It's look, the complete antithesis of you know this moment and hopefully Saturday night. It is you know that's the horrible part. So. I think you just have to keep getting there, and if they can get there again this year, even if you go and you take, you know, a shellacking off Bayern, PSG, yeah. things like that, it's horrible, and it's a horrible night. But the progress trumps everything because the money that that brings in, you are on that stage, and it, that's Champions League is what keeps Rodgers here. This is going to sound terrific, like but you need to build the brand of what Celtic can be to an attractive young, you know, a young, young, talented footballer who sees that he can go on loan to Celtic or he could go on loan to the Championship in England. Do you know what I mean? Like, a, a talented young guy who we can take in, we can nurture and say, look, we're going to get... Patrick, exa- Patrick Roberts being the perfect example. Um, we have so, to build the brand. It's like travelling from Glasgow to London without stopping off in Stoke or Southampton. That's what it could be. That's the way you advertise it. That is. Mm-hmm. You know, Van Dyke had to make that move. Now... Adembele, if he does achieve what he can, if he wants to stay another year, he could make that move without having to do the three-year or two-year stint at Southampton yep. and then bitch and moan to get the move. 
and that's what we want to be. That's exactly what we want to be because you want to sell direct to these clubs. And I know you don't want to sell your players, but that's the reality of it. But you don't want to do it to a Southampton or a Burnley. You know, you want yeah. to do it to Arsenal. Like the look of a player, don't have them go to a finishing school in England. Let them stay here, play in the Champions League, then go straight there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's an excellent point. Uh, just before we kind of do our kind of preview of the Scottish Cup final, uh, Michael Gardine throwing Owen Coyle under the bus quite. What was it? Um, cakes and Iron Brew training for Cakes and Iron Brew. Um, yeah, basically said he was awful, terrible, terrible manager and uh, terrible, terrible coach. There was a game that we played against Ross County and I actually thought they were quite well. Actually, it was the game that I, I met you. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought they were quite well organised actually, and it took that Griffiths free kick late on to, mm, to yeah. score. Oh, but right, that yeah. was when Coyle was the manager. Yeah, um, that was. I didn't see much else than I just like, just from what Michael Gardner, ex Celtic player Michael Gardner, was saying. He was just saying, no, it's not a thing. So was Coyle just uninterested? Did they not know what they just, were doing? Well, um, apparently, essentially what he was good at doing, he was good at getting the players uh, G'd up for the game, but from a coaching perspective, he was, this is just the words of Michael Gardine, I'm not saying anything, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, just, I thought it was quite interesting that he literally systematically took him apart in this interview where he says he's terrible and it, just, it doesn't happen often and I'd say refreshing but it's pure shady because I quite like Who, Whose words was it? Uh, it's the words of Michael Gardine. <laughs> Fuck Not up. my words, Lynn. The words of Michael Gardine. <laughs> I know you're... That's, <laughs> I walked right into that. Uh, Scottish Cup final. Um, Celtic versus Motherwell. Uh, just second question. Best and worst Cup final experiences. I'll start. Uh, best Cup final experience... I would probably say it would be the 95 Cup final um, when, you know, Tommy Burns yep. uh, finally got us there. As you said, that iconic uh, picture of uh, Tommy Burns and Paul McStay kind of hugging each other with a horrific green suit. In the buttonhole. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Standard Cup final. Uh, standard Cup final. Class. Do you know what, see a Cup final manager when he has the suit and all that, brilliant, and then he goes and he changes? Get that. To fu- that, that should be a goal <laughs> against... <laughs> Anyway, it's happened that often. It's happened. To, to, uh, Derek McInnes. Derek McInnes. I mean, it, yeah. Essentially, what I'm saying is, I think Derek McInnes is a prick. That's just he didn't win anyway. So, yeah, no. uh, best experience. Also, I'd actually that's an excellent point that you raise about that cup final last year because that cup final was so joyous because it was so competitive. You, it, you know, it swung from end to end. You know, they, them, uh, Aberdeen taking the lead, us equalising really quickly. Um, you know, just before we scored the winner, they had an opportunity at the other end. People forget that. And it was just sheer, genuine adulation. Um, my fear about this cup final, not my fear, because that's ridiculous, um, the part of me thinks this cup final is going to be going to be a 3 or 4 nil deal. And I'll, you know, We'll talk about what our expectations are, but uh, just the, uh, scoring the goal in the last you know couple of seconds to win the treble, it was phenomenal. Uh, worst cup final experience, the 2002 cup final. Uh, we kept taking the lead, uh, and then Barry Ferguson scored in the last minute with that free kick. That I, I, that one was horrific. The one uh, in nineteen ninety was it ninety nine or two thousand when uh, Fenglos got us to the final. Ninety nine, that would be ninety nine. Yeah, 1999. yeah. Just before Barnes took over, and we got to that final. And they won. I think Rod Wallace got Rod Wallace. Rod Wallace scores horrific. Uh, also, the the League Cup final um, in ninety four was horrific. But you've got maybe some more to it, was Alan? Yeah, I remember the two thousand three League Cup final. Yeah, that was pretty grim. Yeah, to be honest, Big John missed a a penalty. Yeah. A couple of other controversial things in the game, but that was a low point. I remember that. It was the kind of the 
juxtaposition of the O'Neill years was the great times and the the bad times, you know, and it, not through any kind of. We, did, we didn't win heads. anything that year at all. Uh, yeah, it was a tough year. Um, Even though we got the year recovery. <laughs> whereas everything Brendan touches seems to turn to, you know, gold. Here's home. Um, so whereas O'Neill, you had that kind of bittersweet thing. Um, so I the 2003 League Cup final for me was was a pretty difficult. You know, for me. Joyous one, the 95 one, that was your first kind of 95, one. I remember. I remember how much it meant to my dad. That was a huge That's thing. Nice. Um, I remember how much it meant to him. Uh, and last year, just because Thursday night at the Hydro, Friday night carried on through the whole day, Saturday night Scottish Cup final, and then the Sunday, um, the you know, event at Parkhead, the charity game. So it was just a great Thursday through to Sunday. And that's kind of, if I was to look back, if, if Brendan Rodgers was to walk away on Monday, I think it would be hard to top that feeling of just everything. 50th year, you know. Aye. Last just everything coming together. Last year was unbelievable. Um, and Tom Rodgick. Demo? Well, da- da- Daniel, sorry. Demo? Demo? Yeah. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to... Your, uh, your name is now Demo. Demo is out of yeah. Father Ted. Father Demo, remember? Like in a one with attitude. What's Father Ted? Don't watch it. I'm <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say for, the, for my best one. I was going to say last year as well, just because I, I said obviously my first one was the, the final against Hibs and winning the treble, and that's kind of I went to my first game that season, so that's like where I started with Celtic. Yeah. So to finish, well, to not finish, but to most up to recently, date, yeah, yeah, to most recently have a treble when it was always kind of a sort of blurry re- re- me remembering it when I was about five watching the videos and all that and just to kind of refresh it it was nice to have that, that treble that was clear cut and I went to loads of the games and, and I properly watched loads of the games and um, and I was actually at work when I, when Rogic scored um, and it was just brilliant just, what, What's your uh, kind of worst? Um, does it have to be Scottish Cup or, uh, or just, just Cup Final? Just Cup Final then okay Well I was going to say that one against Kelly a few years ago was horrible yeah, um, I keep, there's, you know the yeah, see, quite a lot of ones like that under yeah, Lennon. Aye, well, we lost the semi-finals when we lost to Ross County as well. It was really, really tough, tough to take. Mm. But yeah, that's right. We lost to fucking Kelly. It's and mad. I was, I was right next to the Kelly fans as well. Um, uh, it was just horrible that game. That was just it felt kind of poisonous because um, we hadn't yet. What that was Rangers had won three in a row and we hadn't yet won the league under Lennon. So it was kind of just another, yet another... Because I think people forget that there was that period of time where people really wanted lining out. Yeah. At, at yeah. the start of that, that season where we drew three each with Kilmarnock and then we went on that winning run, I think like people forget there were ups and downs with Lennon early on. And that was one of the ones where you were just like, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. Dermal? Um, best one was 95. And yeah. I think it was almost just a sense of relief uh, that finally we could be back on track. You know, uh, my worst one was probably that Aberdeen one, nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety, yeah, uh, yeah, because it just seemed to shatter all my kind of preconceptions. Face. I just remember being so excited about it, and then thinking, actually, we're maybe not as good as I thought I we were. You know, I was just—it feels like there's a darkness come over his eyes. It's <laughs> never quite left them since that day. Why yeah. do I imagine a younger version of you? You know, optimistic. Well, and then it just. <laughs> Everything went from there, really, for me, you know, in terms <laughs> it's of... adolescence <laughs> kicked in there. But it kind of did, you know, it was horrific. You really like... Dermot really likes metal music. I wonder if there's any correlation between <laughs> escaping into... Uh, no, of course, I mean, uh, that's... I mean, that was... 
that was just really disappointing. And that's why I think the 95 was kind of actually we're back and it was... <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> but, but we kind of were on the, the football we were playing. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't Wayne Biggins up front. Oh, Jesus you know, Christ. And uh, and, you know, some of the stuff that was going on wasn't exactly great. Uh, yeah, I fully agree. Uh, just looking forward to Saturday, we've got the Scottish Cup final, uh, Michael Buffer, the... Uh, Let's get ready to rumble, guy. He's doing a like, and I don't know what he's doing. I'm guessing he's just going to say that. Is he literally just going to come out so. and say, "Let's get ready to rumble" and then walk that, out? That's a trademark. Yeah, I know. Yeah, totally. Is it? He, he, the brand, yeah. right? It's weird because he's PJ and Duncan. How'd they get away with it? Do you know who that is? PJ and Duncan. Yeah, yeah I Because oh, yeah, you look back. Yeah, as well as well, that's, oh, that's correct. Nostalgic age. Yeah, <laughs> you're the nostalgic age of twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> nostalgic about stuff you weren't born for. Uh, but no, I. So he's coming out, and I guess he's going to go in the green corner, Celtic, and all that, and then in the yellow corner, fucking Motherwell. Motherwell will love that. Oh, that's the last thing they need. Motherwell plays the last thing they need is a guy shouting, "Let's get ready to rumble." <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but yeah, so. That I don't know why that's happening, but you know if it brings in, you know I don't know what, uh, five people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy from the box. Let's go and get a ticket. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, I know. You're trying to push. You're trying to push. I like it. I think it's. I think there's potential in this. What this this rumble chat? Just, this. I, I find it intriguing. I think it's great. There's a little bit of kind of self awareness if you do it at a South Korean just game. You kind of go, yeah, yeah that's the yeah. reputation. But <laughs> yeah. This is just pointless. Um. So. It's a Scottish Cup final, it's uh, Motherwell who we've already played in the League Cup final and we were kind of struggling against until we get that penalty um, where Sinclair was fouled, <laughs> <laughs> question mark, uh, but no, uh, obviously the way Motherwell set up, we know that Motherwell are going to be physical, we know how they're going to play, we know that they're going to, we, we saw it against Aberdeen actually, did you see the Aberdeen semi-final, the Motherwell-Aberdeen yeah. semi-final, what, did you th- what can we take from that that you think? <laughs> Carrie Anderson's garbage, Aye. Uh, other than that, um, I, I think... The, the one thing, people reflect back in the games we've played against Motherwell. Motherwell were exceptional in that semi-final against Aberdeen. And take that in isolation, that's great. Hamden's a really big pitch. We really should be going there and trying to make the most of it. If we play well, we go and win the game. It's absolutely Motherwell's right to come out and be physical. Quite right. If I was playing against a team that I knew was better than me, I would always go and give somebody a dunt in the first couple of minutes. I get that. That's fine. But you've got to do that in 90 minutes and you've got to do it in the biggest game of the season. I really hope we go and we win it and it's a nice, comfortable game. But all that logic aside, I get the feeling it's going to be a really sticky... I think it's going to be... I'm I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, Good. It's good to be nervous before a cup final, don't you think? Uh, Dermot, what's your thoughts on... You know, it being a cup final, I mean, we're not. At the, let's not get to the stage where we're just going to expect. I, I don't think we should just expect, but I think after last week, it's a second bite at a cherry of sort of giving a, sort of a good end to the season. You know, uh, I think we could rip Motherwell apart. I think you're right about see the Hampden pitch. It's totally it plays in our hands. Uh, hopefully, we we take the opportunity. You know, uh, I'd love to see Paddy Roberts. You know, actually get a. A last Swan game song. for his eye, and I think it would sit him down to the ground. Um, but we'll wait and see. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it feels like, sorry to interrupt again, no. just, just on the back, it feels, I only really felt like today 
that I started to think about it and start to think what's at stake. And I don't know yeah. if maybe sitting discussing some of the low points of Hamden and talking about the O'Neill years and even yep. before that, you know, Tommy Burns and things, you actually sit and think what is at stake this Saturday and it is absolutely incredible what's at stake. Um, so I think that's maybe where the, the logic's here, thinking Aye. we should beat Motherwell on a one-on-one game. But then also you've got this nagging feeling of it's, it's Celtic. Aye, it's Celtic. We didn't grow up like this. Do you know I mean? it's, it's the double treble, you know, and it's just... It'd be amazing if we we did it. I'd love to do it in style, though. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, you know, we talk about, um, and I'll come to yourself in a second, Daniel. I, d- I don't know. Have you got any cup upsets that you kind of? Um, um I this I don't know if this kind of counts, but I, I, the first thing I thought of when you said that was Gretna, uh, just getting to the final. Like obviously they got beat in the final, um, yeah, and uh, because of a full throw. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Is it, uh, Chris Killen. I, I is that that goal? It was like I think it was like Robbie Nielsen took the took the throw and he was so far over the line and it was like and then Hearts got oh when Hearts got to the final yeah when Hearts right. beat yeah sorry yeah I thought you meant the actual semi final they got no sorry no 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 um, but so Gretna getting it all the way to the final was a bit mental and uh, I know that's not an upset in one game but like it was quite an upset I think just to get there yeah um, well mo- a more relevant one. <coughs> would be uh, no I was thinking about this today. You know, that is, were that, you thinking about the Celtic one or were you no I, I was actually thinking about uh, and I mentioned this to Dermot before uh, when Wimbledon beat Liverpool in 1988 now you probably uh, you know a lot of what's people, a Wimbledon <laughs> see that's good see when he's got that when he works with it he's got you there when he, when he works it with himself I fuck him I've, uh, uh, that's it I've built my character now <laughs> yeah, no, this is your character uh, but no just uh, Liverpool were league champions Liverpool were tremendous um, the, the expectation was that they were just going to go and just Abs. Liverpool were quite like Motherwell. They finished seventh. Wimbledon were quite like Motherwell. They were. Fi- I mean, they were like a really physical team. Wimbledon. No, you said. Uh, you said Liverpool were like Motherwell. Sorry, sorry. Um, they, they probably weren't. Yeah, no. <laughs> but Wimbledon were up where quite like Motherwell in that. Um, you know, they were a physical team. They were really tough, but uh, they were. You know, they got to the cup final. So essentially, Aye. any team that gets to the cup final, you need to show them respect. Did a cracking. Team though, actually, when you no, they, 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 yeah, See, but we, in comparison to Liverpool, it's, aye, you know, but I think at the time some of those players, uh, like Dennis Wise, Dennis Wise be, I mean, I didn't like him as a person, but he was a great player. Uh, Laurie Ch- Sanchez that scored the goal, the keeper that ended up going on to Arsenal, yeah, uh, or what do you call him? He saved the Dave Besson, Dave Besson, he did go on to Arsenal, and, uh, who did he go he went on to Chelsea, Chelsea, sorry, yeah, aye, Chelsea, uh, and they were actually quite good. Fashion as well. Aye, and did Aldridge, was Aldridge missed, missed a penalty, penalty. Yeah, his yeah, first John penalty Aldridge. that had been missed? Yeah, the first penalty in the cup final, it was the 70th yeah. FA Cup final. Um, yeah. And also, uh, I think Warren Barton played in that team as well, I don't know if did he played they? in that final, but Warren Barton was part of that team. He's an American uh, soccer host now. Is he? Is yeah, he's quite good actually. Is that he? Yeah, he's good. good. Uh, he like must have been Barton. pretty young if he was in that team, because signed for Newcastle in 93, 94, and that was 88. Aye. So, Aye. so he, he wasn't that old when he signed for He may not have played it? in that he may not have played in that game, but he was right. he was definitely in um, Wimbledon at that time. Um I should have checked that. But yeah, yeah. Warren Barton plays for um, Wimbledon is my point. Uh also I, I was just looking <laughs> fucked it. Uh, if anyone was in doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at obviously our road to the kind of final. Uh beat breaking five nil, beat Thistle three two, which should have been a lot more comfortable than it was. Were you at that game, Marlon? Yep. All yeah. the home ones, yeah. There were some some of the attendances at some are a bit questionable. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people in that home cup ticket scheme didn't make it in the day. Um, Morton, we beat them three 0 and then obviously the, the semi final against Rangers. Uh, Forest has got four goals, Dembele's get three, and Chams get two, and Edwards get two. Um, 
How confident are you that Kipri is going to be sent off in this game, Daniel? <laughs> I'm actually I'm fairly confident that that could happen, but I actually do like Kipri. I think he's I think he's good. Um, he's twenty. Yeah, is he? He's uh, twenty. Kipri's worth keeping an eye on. I, I'm amazed just, I'm saying this, but yes, I would. He's just signed a new. He's him. just signed a new deal with um, with he, Motherwell, but he did rejected a million pound bid in January. Right, I would. But say I like a club at Motherwell. That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amount of money. I think he's a bit rash at times, but more yeah. than a bit. But he could really could turn into something. I didn't think he was as young. I thought he was sort of twenty two, twenty three. I don't. No, think he's, he's twenty. He's twenty. Wow. Um, so that, I mean, that just proves even more that he's he's got a long way to go in terms yeah. of his experience. Yeah, like, and that's why he is so rash, being so, yeah, exactly. so young. But I, I, I actually, I think he's got a lot of the kind of core attributes to be a a really, really good player. But yeah, I think that rashness can um, on the big occasion. Could come out again. Yeah, I, I think you can almost guarantee because of the build-up, though, and because yeah. Stephen Robinson and Motherwell played a very clever game through the course of the season and calling out every decision that goes against the weight and not even referencing the ones that haven't, and that's why managers do it because you go into Sunday, everybody's talking about keeper's record, keeper's record, shocking, you know, red cards that shouldn't have been, even though they probably should have been. Yeah, um, because you can bet that if he he's probably got a free one in him, I would say. Um, and that's why I, th- I think Stephen Robinson, all the conversations, Steve Clark, great job. Stephen Robinson's got one about two domestic cup finals this year. Yeah. Um, that's great going. I think he was a wee bit unlucky not to be kind of mentioned in the same. No, you're not even nominated. Yeah, I, I, I can understand why because it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an illustrious list this year. Um, but I think he's done a great job, Stephen Robinson. I don't really like the style of football, but you work with the tools you've got. And he's, he's done a great job there. Yeah, he, he definitely has. Um, so just looking at. You know, focusing on Celtic, uh, would you be tempted just to play the team that played in the last couple of games against Rangers? Lustig at the back, Tierney, uh, Boyata, Ayer, who's just signed a new four-year deal, which is terrific for us. Um, then Brown and Cham, uh, Rogic, McGregor, uh, Forrest and Dembele. Would you be tempted just to play that? Yeah, I yeah. think that's things. I wrote a team down. Um, Talk me through your team. Well, it was just that exact team. Is it that exact team? It's yeah. that exact team. Uh, I think it's. The, I just think it's the perfect side to play at Hamden. Um, in terms of the players that we've got there, Forrest, Rogic, and McGregor. In terms of our sort of forward players, they're the three that use the space. I think the best, and all in different ways. The way that Rogic can kind of hold up the ball and come deep and pull defenders out. The way that McGregor can just find space intelligently, and Forrest can run at players and cut inside and out. Um, and then with Dembele up front, I think that's. We're balling. I think just don't ever use that phrase again. I'm serious. Don't ever use that phrase again. Only for to (laughs) be play devil's Uh, advocate. Nothing. Nothing. Only to do that. I think, and and I would go with that team because it's tried tested. The only way you change the team is by going three at the back. That's the you can't change any of those guys going forward because McGregor's record at Hamden's exceptional. Exceptional. And you can't drop anyone else, including McGregor. So the only way you can do it is to go three at the back. And that's the only potential thing that he may do. I don't think he would do it, but you can't change that going forward and you might want to add something else up there, Edward. And the only way you yep. do that is by... Dropping listing. Yeah, well, why bluntly. That, that's what it would have to be. Get um, out. Get out. And that, that, I'm not saying he'll do it, but for devil's advocate, yeah, that's, no, that's the only option that you have in terms of... In my opinion, um, that, that's the only option you would have. That team's quite interchangeable, yeah. though. With if you Okay, maybe you wouldn't get two up front, but you could get three at the back quite easily because it's just Lustig slotting in, Tierney yeah. moving yeah. forward, McGregor yeah. inside. I, th- I think what Alan's saying is just bringing extra personnel in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look, as I say, you know, Edward's done actually really well in the Scottish Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Griffiths is going to be on the bench 
Probably. Yeah. Edouard's probably going to be on the bench. Well, that, I suppose injury might rule Edouard out. That would be the only oh, thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's an yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Um, glad he's, here. He, he's not going to start Griffiths. I don't think. I no. don't think there's any suggestion. I just mean if if it came to bringing one of them on, if if, if they were both fit, you know, if one of them's already on because he has changed it, then yeah. it's an easier decision to make, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, Armstrong. You know, he's a great player to bring on. You would be tempted to start him. Just because you talk about how big the space is and how, how good he is at you know, running beyond the strikers and getting that space in behind. I, no. no, I wouldn't. Uh, I'd keep McGregor. He hates something <laughs> now. He's <laughs> like, I'd, I'd clear, no thank you. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I just me. think that they, you're right, the team kind of picks itself. Uh, I think they've kind of earned the opportunity for that team to go out there and yeah. take Motherwell on. I, I, I completely agree. Um, and uh, the point about McGregor is Hamden's a stage. Yeah. If he's not scoring in semi-finals, he's uh, running games and you know uh, finals itself because he was really yeah. good against uh, uh, Motherwell in the League Cup final. Um, so w- w- with that, have we got anything to worry about, Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> what have we got to worry about? And also, let me ask you this: If you were the Motherwell, you know, Alan touched on it. If you were Robinson, how would you try and stop Celtic? And I know that's obviously really hard to actually even think about. But mm-hmm. what would you do? I think the the best approach that I think teams have found against us is to is to bully us at the at our, at our back line, and I think actually that's something that that Maine, who they've kind of brought in to replace Mo, is really really good at. Yeah, he did it really well, taking advantage Aberdeen. of Arneson's weakness in that semi final. Um, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about Bayata. I'm worried about Ayer to an extent as well because I think that Ayer is great. I think he's got a lot of great attributes, but sometimes I think his basic defending. He doesn't have that experience yet. I think that's all it is. Oh, look at him. Christian Will's going to be all over him later on, am I right? Oh, that's me <laughs> I think the thing you notice about me, and I think you're absolutely right, I think you've done well, but his finishing was ruthless against... The finish for seen, the third goal When was... have you ever seen a player outside of probably Celtic and, let, let's be honest, Rangers as well, when have you ever seen a player go through that confidently? And, and a cup finals, cup semi-final rather, go through and you think, that's a long way to run, that's 40, 50 yards, yep. and go through and stick it away or that. I think if he gets a chance, he would take it. Um, I, I, just to go back to the centre-halves as well, though, for me, I, just just picking up the point, Boyata for me is still our best centre-half. I, I don't think there's any question about that. And I'd, If main tags on to Boyata, I would be confident, because I think Boyata would quite like that. He's probably used to playing against guys like that. Is Boyata better when it's a physical battle um, than maybe someone who's a bit trickier? I think he likes it when he's defending with the game in front of him. I think yeah. he would love that. He would love nothing more than the team to just say, you know, try and play direct, try and play straight, but have the game in front of him. I don't think he likes the idea of trying to play really, really high up the park. Yeah. Yeah. And he's quick as well. It's nothing to do with pace. I just think he's more confident when he's sitting and he's got the game in front of him. Yeah. I think he's that kind of centre-half. He's a man and he'll centre-half, isn't he? Yeah, he, probably, yeah, he would probably enjoy playing under that kind of team. Yeah, not being asked to do anything other than do his job but that, that's not enough for a Celtic team and I understand why but I still think he's our best centre-half I worry about Boyata what I meant by sort of bullying our back claim wasn't maybe so much a physical battle but it was more when we're trying to play out from the back I think yeah. Maine is one of those he's one of the best at they're going to press us I think they'll try and press us as far up the pitch as, as, as they can the only problem with that is if we break that line and we get in yeah. behind they'll, them they'll, they'll, they'll do a lot of teams have done this year and they will press everybody but they'll pick one man and they'll leave one. Yeah. It'll either be Boyata or Ayer. And if they're wanting to hopefully catch a chance, what they'll do is, is they'll leave Ayer on the ball and say, allow it to step out. And, then and it will get to a point where they'll, they'll press. 
or they'll leave Boy Atta on it and hope Celtic run out of ideas. So you've got two different options there. One of them is that you give it to Ayer and hope that he comes out and gets caught, and then you're a man over. Or you give it to Boy Atta and say, we'll be quite happy to let Celtic just, because he's not going to split you open a pass. So that's two different options there, and they will pick one of them at the start of the game. And I think if you keep an eye on that early, if they do it against Iron and it works, then they might grab a goal. If they do it against Boyata, you might find it's that type of nothing each game that we've seen a couple of times this season where he's the only spare man and he's not really the type of player to pick a team open. So it'll be, I think that's the thing to watch early doors for me. Yeah, Matt Rain actually tweets, any concerns about the presumed starting centre-back duo of Ayer and Boyata dealing with the direct and physical play of Motherwell and Curtis Main in the cup final? I think we've kind of covered that pretty nicely. Thanks, Matt. Uh, uh, Sean Zaleo uh, should Celtic take preemptive action against Motherwell's robust style and if so who should be our des- designated enforcer uh, maybe employ James Forrest as a hatchet man and then he's put a wee smiley face um, we're not going to play them at their own game are we there's no need no. to Jenk um, Bowman will come in with a few snidey elbows I, I think it'll be from the get go I think yeah. that I, I think it absolutely should I, th- I think if I was mother, if I'm a well fan I'm sitting there thinking I don't want to go and, and watch Celtic you, you can't the, the only problem I, is it's hard to do that in a big pitch for 90 I, minutes I, I think I, I quite like the physical side of the game but I do think when it comes to elbows I thought the cup final last year was just a disgrace yeah that, that um, they were allowed to get away with doing that to Tierney you, know? you, you don't want to get caught out in that idea as well though you know preemptive action that's the kind of thing that a manager oh, yeah. and a Saturday morning screams no. you know don't let them and then a guy goes out two minutes in smashes somebody and he's you know sitting yeah. at the side of the park with a rolling sausage ten minutes later yeah. it's also something that worse teams do and we're the better team. Uh, yeah. He also says, will there be a Tales from Croatia section? Because I have also met a Hadjik split fan in Dubrovnik doing the Game of Thrones tour and we spoke at length about Celtic. Yes, there is. There will be. There'll be a whole podcast based on my experience of being in Croatia. Are you ask the question about ice cream? I will in a minute. I was getting there. Love that. He's ruined the flow of the I, whole podcast. I read that. Qu- oh, I just want to make. I, I read that question and that I thought looking. about it all the way over. I was going to stop at the Brooklyn Cafe and get some ice cream. <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> uh, but it's not vegan. Uh, so please respect Ideal them. You Ideal. need that as a Swedish glacé or something Swedish uh, It's nice it, it It's ta- not bad it, I had it once It was t- okay Tastes like ice cream um, With the uh, Cup final Itself um, I mean We we know the, the kind of team That, that we're probably Going to go for it, it will be that team You'd imagine um, Any sort of ch- I mean And then that comes back To the point you were making About uh, Mixing things up a little bit Maybe you will throw because this is such a big game, though, I think, and because it's so, such a historical game, I think he probably will go with that tried and tested team, the team that, you know, I think is probably our, let's be honest, probably our best. Mm-hmm. Would you, do anyone disagree that that's our best team, the now, with the players we've got? Is Gordon fit for the final? That's what I was wanting to say, thank so you. So I think with the team, that team that played at the weekend, but with Gordon goals, I think is our best 11. What's your thoughts on Bain? I like him, but I, I'm not. I like him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like him, but um, you know, I think we need to see a lot more. We need to see him in. Um, I think we need to see him in Europe to fully judge him. It's funny, I'd rather not. <laughs> to be honest, I'd, I'd but not. I mean, so at, at that point, at that, <laughs> at, at that point, though, it becomes much easier to judge whether yeah. he's good enough because you kind of don't know until these sort of high pressure. Games. I, I, it's an excellent point, but at the same time, Alan, what's your take on? I'd like to see John Clark get him a long sleeve goalkeeper's top because that's what goalkeepers should wear. Agreed. What's your thoughts on him? I think you should wear a long sleeve top. That's my thoughts. Jesus, that's the start and end of my thoughts in a goalkeeper. Uh, Mark Brown. He reminds me of Mark Brown. We brought Mark Brown in a little I think bit. You're being yeah. a little bit unfair. Why? 
Mark Brown because he's got Brown tattoos. Was... He looks like a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just um, I remember Mark Brown at that game against uh, Spartak Moscow in Moscow when he was sensational, yep. and uh, that helped to get us through to the the group stage. He didn't really play much before or after that, but it was like, oh well, it's like that one guy being brought in and he's done that one thing, and that's kind of his legacy in a, in a way. And fair enough, I, I kind of feel that Bain, I think, is. If he's going to sit and be number two for a couple of years, fair enough. And he comes in and he plays. I, I would have fears for him if if, I mean, if, if we were in Europe. I, ben, I, I I don't think he's good enough. He's not a Celtic number one. I mean, he's only ever so cover. Harsh, yes, he just is fucking he, razor sharp. He, but he, he just isn't, you know. And he had a good game against Rangers that time. Fair play to him. It was brilliant. Love him for it. But surely... That's what my comparison was. I, we can't seriously be saying he's challenging I, Gordon. I think he's at the start of his journey with Celtic, you know, in terms of... He's probably delighted he's got himself a four-year deal, so no, I'd, I'd like to see him a little bit more of him. Probably see a fair bit of him in pre-season, but um, I, I would think that Gordon... I think he's got quite a, an easy four-year journey. Yeah, I, I think the point, the, the point would be, let, let's just say Craig Gordon... Um, let's just say something happens and Craig Gordon leaves Celtic um, in June, right? An offer comes in, and a silly offer that we can't reject to be an English... Chelsea come back in and they want him, boom, and he's away, Right. You would go and try and get a number one, though. You wouldn't put Bain as your number one going into the Champions League. I, I agree, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you need guys pushing guys as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Celtic were still in the market for a goalkeeper this I th- summer. I think, yeah. I think we probably are. Um, I, I think uh, Keenan Westwood. Bef- there was rumours. I don't know if it was today that Westwood, who's now going to go to Southampton, it looks like, um, which then puts Fraser Foster's. But uh, Fraser Foster, I, I don't think we should put in come back he's already came back once so I don't think he should come back again but West was one of the guys we've been linked with like, uh, for years forever. just but I don't think I don't see that we need to be linked with an Irishman every summer uh, every yeah. summer yeah of course and James McLean on top of that yeah. Yeah. and Darren Huckerby I think remember Huckerby always Huckerby oh, I just wanted you can buy his sign. books on Twitter he signs them for you and sends them out to you I haven't bought it <laughs> you, you've signed like you have I was talking through the post yet. Uh, but yeah I so has De Vries got another year? He's got another year left in his contract, though, hasn't he? He signed a, two, a, a year signed or a year two. Deal season, yeah. yeah, well, aye, this season, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so, so talking about the cup final, uh, any kind of weird changes? And I suppose this isn't weird, but I can see Sinclair coming on for a major kind of sort of cameo and actually doing quite well in this game. As a, yeah, I think Sinclair, one thing about Sinclair is uh, when he's got the ball at his feet and he's got space there's, there's to run space, into, yeah, like if he's got space, I, I think. I th- it's been said a thousand times and I'm sure it'll be said a thousand times more I just find them so frustrating mm-hmm. because you can see the talents there what's your yeah. you've not heard your thoughts on them I would like it first thing is is I would like it if when Sinclair comes on and Celtic are really playing poorly and Sinclair gets 20 minutes I would like it if he didn't take the brunt of that poor performance because he was poor for 20 minutes I get it he's had a sticky second half of the season for me though when you asked earlier about is that our best team that we picked for the Scottish Cup final which I think it is at this moment in time I think Scott Sinclair though of your best team of your best players I yeah. think has to be in there Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think I heard them I, I was listening to a commercial radio station earlier where they were having a phone in that I listen to occasionally and they were talking about Sinclair potentially going back down south and um, in the summer and I would hate to see it end for Sinclair this summer I, I think he'll come back and I think he'll have a big year next year again um, I, I don't think people have written him off he did this at Swansea he did this at other teams that, that matters nothing he's at Celtic now yeah um, I, I think I think that's an excellent point and I think that the point that 
players are always going to play a certain level all of the time. I think that's ludicrous. I mean, you know, players have dips in form. And we need to remember that, you know, Sinclair has scored important goals for this season. The problem and the with most goals for this season. Of course. The, the problem with Sinclair is uh, he's clearly a confidence player. And once he gets that confidence back, though, it's... Do you think maybe the worst possible thing happened and Roger stuck with him? Throughout all of that bad form, yeah, and it, it just never, it never went right. So, I mean, it's kept adding I, on. And I, adding I mean, on. I remember being so surprised in the Zenit game when he'd actually been dropped, mm. and yeah, actually, it was it was the best thing that could have happened. But it took that length of time before he did kind of give him a rest. And uh, perhaps if he'd been dropped at Christmas, maybe <laughs> a bit before he could have came back in a couple of weeks and been better. That question was. You know, when I said is our best player, is our best team from the players available, it was kind of double loaded because it is the best players we have the now. But Sinclair's our best winger. Aye, I mean on Sinclair on forms, uh, you know, he's just untouchable, he's, really. He's brilliant, and and McGregor's brilliant in lots of different positions. Yeah. But McGregor's best position isn't on the left hand side. So yeah, I I think that's an excellent point. Um, would you start him? No. No, I, I don't think so. Unless, as I say, you were put an extra man up there. You brought McGregor in field. Mm-hmm. You put Sinclair wide and you go with a three. That's the only way that works, and I don't think he'll do that. So no, I can I just see Rod- movement. Can just see Roger going off uh, McGregor moving in, Sinclair going on to the left. If, if Roger comes yeah. off, that's good news because it means we're winning because we don't take yeah. him off when it's nothing each. Yeah, yeah. Pr- prediction yeah. of the game. I can <laughs> see Roger coming, coming off. It's <laughs> always, but th- this is a thing as well, and they they don't do it when. Um, you don't see Roderick coming off when we need a goal he comes off when we're winning and we're maybe thinking let's bring Callum inside and try and move the ball a wee bit quicker and maybe yep. have a bit more movement if we need Roderick to play 90 minutes he plays 90 minutes mm. um, if we don't then they bring him off and protect him and I hope they do protect him because he's got a World Cup coming up and yeah and hopefully there was talk of um, I think it was mentioned in the last press conference that uh, they're still talking to him um, Celtic are still talking to his agent and there's potential that a deal will be signed soon so fingers Absolutely crossed. I hope he's terrible at the World Cup. Yeah. I hope he's absolute horseshit. The fucking horrible, horrible nah. people. You want him to go with a great World Cup? Oh, no, uh, I, I do want nah. that somewhere inside, uh, but also I don't want him to leave. So The, you know. the one thing yeah. I would have faith in at the moment is, is that I think we do, at the moment, seem to be able to get deals over the line for players. Even if it was maybe another year, I think we know what we've got here and we know that you're not going to be worried about tying Tom Roger down to a deal, a two-year deal on, you know, thirty k a week because that's not an issue at the moment. So, uh, I think if they if he went to the good World Cup, they would still get a deal done from. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Um, we're, we're wrapping up at this point. Um, your predictions, um, predictions for Saturday. I'm going to start with Daniel. Predictions, goal, um, score and goal scorers. I'll go. Uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be tight. Um, I think they'll keep it tight for for quite some time. But I could see. 2-1 Celtic Rogic and Dembele Who scores for Rogic first and then Dembele Rogic so first Deb- and Dembele. Dembele scoring is winner Yeah Lovely stuff Dermatron I think it'll be tight and then we'll just overrun them so 4-1 uh, So you think it'll be tight until like the 70th minute or Yeah 60th, 70th minute Then we'll I think score it will. all four goals <laughs> <laughs> No but I, I can see it being one each at half time and then just completely running away with it with 30, 20 minutes to go uh, Cadden for them if he's fit and it'll be Dembele Sinclair with two Oof. McGregor good stuff yep. good stuff uh, Alan I'm hoping for a 3-0 um, clean sheet yeah clean sheet's a big thing I think that would be good and 
Callum will undoubtedly score if we do win the game and Musa as well um, and Boyata to get the third why not yeah uh, I think again I'm kind of Stop a few reasons <laughs> no. sure why not uh, I think uh, I think it'll be tight up until a point and then I think I can agree with you Dem. I think it'll be tight and then what if we get one goal I think that'll completely destroy their sort of confidence and I think it'll probably be th- I think 3-0 it's probably about hopefully fair Actually, no, I'll, I'll change that because I think they probably will score 3 1. Um, in fact, they might score 2 3 2, actually. Um, <laughs> actually, Mother Will is going to win. That's going to win. Yep. Uh, no, uh, I, I think Celtic will win. 3 1. Uh, I think I think you get you guys are right. I think it will be uh, Dembele and uh, Sink- uh, Rogic with 2. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Has Rogic scored 2 in a game before? Uh, it's somewhere in my head. I can't. Uh, well, why not? I sure. that I'd be at Aberdeen. Do you not score two up at Aberdeen once? Uh, yeah, I. Uh, sorry, it's a stupid question. You're fucking. You've ruined the flow. How many Motherwell fans are going in Saturday? I'm not like. I think it's eleven thousand. Twelve thousand. I'm sure. They've uh, because Barcelona were expected to, yeah. you know, really take them apart because Costa Carta and Barese were both suspended for the final, and so I think Barca just assumed they'd turn up, but it was ended up being four 0 to Milan, and then the season after that, Ajax famously beat yep. Milan um, with that really young Ajax team that, you know, Winston Bogard, what a player, number seven, bizarrely. <laughs> I don't care for that. No, it's disgusting. Uh, but yeah, I so I mean, essentially, there is. We always need to realise that as a cup final, anything can happen. And although we are a much bigger club and so far ahead of Motherwell league wise, it's a one-off game. Um, but yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll be doing a podcast in the near future talking about the double treble, and uh, it'll be terrific. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's been our podcast for for this week for the Scottish Cup final, the preview podcast. Um, we. Uh, probably in the next couple of weeks still be at it. We don't know yet. We're kind of deciding whether we're going to have a break of a couple of weeks at some point. But the Champions League qualifiers start very early doors in July. And we might do some stuff over the week, over um, the next couple of weeks with the World Cup on. We've got a couple of podcast features. Uh, something I want to talk to you about, Alan. He's done his head. Not can right now. No. No, you, no, you're already doing the, You're already doing the Seville one. Oh, cool. We're, we're right doing nice. we're doing a we're doing a podcast series on Seville, which will uh, and we'll do something on with you about something something Pep Guardiola. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. Uh, but no, we're we're kind of working our way through some some stuff, and we're trying to keep the content going over the summer as well. Uh, but yeah, check us out on iTunes if you could subscribe and leave a positive comment. That would be terrific. Um, to the people that have done it already, that's it's been wonderful. Thank you very much for doing it. It's usually Louis that does this, but are you not going to say congratulations? Probably should say congratulations. I think I've left on it quite a while. <laughs> what? You know, I didn't know. I want. I don't know. Should we mention? I it? should just it's don't mention. Nah, well, yeah. Louis had a a, a small child. Um, and uh, <laughs> that, that is quite a feat. Yeah, it's a medical first. It's a medical first. And <laughs> uh, no, Louis, Louis and his uh, his lovely wife, who's my cousin Erin, have had a small baby. So we wish them many happy returns. And I'm sure he'll talk about it when he comes on the podcast next season when he's knackered. Yeah. Um, to fuck. He's, he's not going to be back on it. Okay, right. Okay, right. So, do, why don't you ask the question, Alan? 
This is from uh, Ronan Kearney, uh, and I thought it was just a great question. Ronan's um, a, a writer for the supplement yep, as well. Yep. yep. The, cyni- the cynical. The cynical. If um, Olivier and Cham is as cool as an ice cream, what type of ice cream would he be? Th- th- this is my level. <laughs> okay, he <laughs> would be a vegan. Next. <laughs> Raspberry Ripple. Why? Just like it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to hit with some. No, damn it's no thinking. Quit. Look at them. He's looking at that. He's just thinking. Do you know what? I had pistachio ice cream ah, once, and it was fuck. absolutely delicious. <laughs> yeah, so pistachio is the correct answer. Well done. Yeah. See, this is why you should have answered the question because I would have went in like a buzzer style. <laughs> <laughs> pistachio, pistachio, well done. It's not. It's not like a factual correct answer. He looked up before we started. He'd be pistachio running. I'm definitely going to get ice cream. Vegan. Pistachio. Look at the way the man's built. Nah, he'd, yeah. Yes. Well, Daniel Bryan's a vegan. So, uh, anyway, so uh, thanks for subscribing to us on Twitter. Um, uh, yeah, thanks for following us on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic. The website is currently down, but it will be up soon 90minutecynic.com. Uh, and if you follow our Twitter, the kind of links to the website will uh, follow from there. The Cynical is available. Uh, you can check out our links on Twitter. Um, at ni- just check out Twitter. That's what everything uh, that's important. That's all our dates and deets, etc. And uh, yeah, from there. Derek Coyle, as always, the Cheers. The Rock. Thanks, I He holds it. it all together. He's the cement. Thank you. Uh, Daniel, it's been terrific. Your debut has went very well. I feel like you've you've eased yourself in like a, like a warm bath. Not it too is. warm. Not too warm, though. Got it some is. rose petals in there as well, listening to the Smiths. It's Alan's bath. The Smiths. Alan's deep bath. Oh, I meant to say that's terrific. I meant to say... Uh, is, has this season been like the Strokes' second album? Because it's it's really good, but it's just not as good as the first one. That's a great analogy. Boom. I'm hip. Uh, Alan, it's been terrific. You're going get, to get yourself involved more? Yeah, it was good fun. Sorry. Um, it's been great fun. I've enjoyed it. Nice to meet you guys. As well, <laughs> nice, to. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, so it's been good fun. I've really enjoyed it. It's great talking with Celtic, so I'm delighted to be back here. Yes. Uh, he looks so pleased. He does. So he always pleased. Look at his wee face. <laughs> best uh yeah thanks for listening uh we are the 90 minutes in it Min- <laughs> fuck fucked it we are the 90 minutes in it and we'll speak to you down the road <laughs>